imagine you didn't change the levels much from yesterday. I was just playing with it while people were shouting just to make sure that we uh, were pretty good. Everyone's bouncing all right. <laughs> By the end of the recording yesterday, we had gotten louder and louder. So just resetting and then I'll turn You're this just down. you on it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, crawl. Crawl. Was he good in Crawl? I haven't gotten to the part that he was in Crawl, but it's worth talking about. Is that for you? All you do is say boots and cats. You go boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. That's it. Did you just read the history of rap? <laughs> you got that from it? <laughs> no, man. I didn't know that was an adult's book. By the way, super appreciate that. That's hey, awesome. No uh, like, I love giving just, little like kids books to buddies, uh, buddies' kids. It's honestly like the best thing you can give us for Sabrina's books. Like, it's the absolute best gift. Wait till she gets to the drawing of a penis at the very back. Oh, perfect. <laughs> it's me. It's like a stick figure. <laughs> like, oh. Perfect. <laughs> uh, welcome to this week's episode of Couch Critics Canada. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. I'll just take that again. Yeah, yeah. Whale come. Sure before that intro's in there. But, Whale yeah. come, guys. Whale come. Welcome to this week's episode of Couch Critics Canada. I am Tim, as always, joined by my trusty co-hosts, Brian. Whale come. Whale come. Inside joke. Inside joke. And Aaron. What's up, everybody? Oh, how you guys doing? Was that loud? <laughs> it was a little loud, but uh, I can no, do that used post. to it. Yeah. You should be wearing earbuds anyway. Yeah. 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 I'll provide the background track for this entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Just red in the face. <laughs> Falls over. Yeah. Well, just keep in mind, people are hopefully going to be listening to this, so whatever makes it the most listenable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My beatboxing. <laughs> you can tell awesome. that we, we've, really, we've really just uh, you know, just kept the avalanche going from uh, last night. So this is uh, day yeah. back-to-back of well, being in the Airbnb recording. Back-to-back, face-to-face, <gasps> waving our penises all over the place. <laughs> Cats. <laughs> For those that don't know, that's the best way to learn how to beatbox. You just boots, moots, and cats. That's it. That's all you gotta do. That's, that's it. Cats. It literally takes like ten minutes to learn doing it like that. I like it. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep doing that all the way. When I'm driving with Tara, next time we're driving like <laughs> on a road trip, I'm just gonna practice my beatboxing. <laughs> Have you ever heard somebody try to like be able to practice an instrument? It's, <laughs> oh man! If like you live with that person, it's horrible. Like my brother got me uh, a, like a wallet of uh, harmonicas. Oh god! And I'm just like, I'm never gonna learn how to play these. He's like, Why not? Like you're always like waiting for fires and stuff. Like so you're like you know on alert status somewhere and just hanging out in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, Yeah, with my three other crewmates and then our pilot, who's gonna leave my ass behind because I'm trying to learn how to play concerning hobbits <laughs> on the harmonica and I have to redo the first seven notes 18 times oh man fair enough but my, I don't know how to play it now <laughs> yeah. I had a I had a colleague of mine a co-worker one of my employees way back in the blockbuster days and he was learning the violin and he would Ooh. bring it into the back room That's before his shift to practice and it 
was brutal and also <laughs> very loud. There's no quiet way to practice the violin. It's it's, it's not extremely hard instrument. So and it doesn't sound good at the beginning whatsoever. It's worse than other instrument. I'd yeah, say. maybe a reed instrument. Maybe bagpipes are worse than. That. <laughs> yeah, a reed yeah. instrument. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. I have friends that argue that a bagpipes are the worst instrument because you are very rarely in tune. <laughs> it's either you have too much air and you're pressing too hard, or you have not enough air. And, and you know. when the bagpipes sound gro- good, great. When someone's an expert at it, it still doesn't sound great. Yeah. So like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> judgment the, call between what's good and bad. That's the argument some of my friends have, and I just like the bagpipes. Oh my it's god. The, it's I the think Scottish only psychopaths me. like bagpipes. That's. Yeah. Uh, I'm having a cringe flashback yeah. right now. What whale comes in that fucking. <laughs> Uh, when I was a child, one of my favorite movies was So I Married an Axe Murderer. Um, and we were driving, and I hear, I hear a bagpipe going. And I roll down my window, and I yell out, Kill the piper! <laughs> Top of my voice, as loud as possible. Kill the piper! We were driving by a funeral. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I got in so much shit. I think that's one of the rare times I've ever been That in. could be in uh, Would I Lie to You. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be a fun one. We should, we should get that set up. If we get three more people, I think that would be a fun game to play with each other. Mm-hmm. So another thing in North America could steal from the Brits. Yeah. yeah. Well, absolutely. Is it worthwhile reaching out to the Wow I Had Mustard guys from uh, Not After 30? That might be an already crossover. Uh, already online. Do we talk like to people movie? from Not After 30 anymore? Not, not really. Who, no. Who's not after 30? No. Who are those guys? <laughs> oh, careful. Anthony might come at us really hard and call us the comfy or cozy couch critics again. Yeah. 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 He'll call us the casting couch critics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'll get us. Or Canadian couch critics. What idiot. Yeah. Yeah. The important thing is our couch critics from Canada. Guys, the important thing is passion over paycheck. Yes. That's the important thing that we Except all should remember. Except if you get offered a paycheck. <laughs> a paycheck would be nice. For your passion. Passion all over my face. Yeah. Speaking of passion of the Christ, we are talking about Liam Neeson. What did the drunken Irishman in New York write to his wife back home? Irish, you were beer? Um... <laughs> Yeah, Rimshot. This week we are talking, uh, taking a look at a classically trained 69-year-old actor, Schnugans. Nice. He's boxed, acted in plays, uh, went to university in the early 70s for computers, but dropped out to work for Guinness because he's He's Irish. Irish, yeah. Yeah. Why Um, not? Eh? What was he? Do you know know what he was doing when he was working for Guinness? He was a fork truck driver. A fork truck? Fork, yeah. Okay. Fork drift. Fork drift driver. <laughs> Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Fast and the Furious. Fork drift. <laughs> I don't have friends. I have family. Um, Get out of the forklift. What do you call... <laughs> I have a particular set of skills. And these set of skills allow I'm me to Fort be Lakes. a... Forklift. Fork driver. <laughs> forklift certified. I love the forklift memes. <laughs> Sorry, we cut it off. I'm so sorry. No, we worked so hard at these. This is exactly what needs to happen during these because that's the only way I'll get better. Ridicule makes me a better person. I just think you need a background track so that, like, Um, what do you call a slow skier? Uh, A slope poke? What do you get when you cross a skier and a vampire? 
frostbite. Uh, what do you call it when a skier is on the way to a hospital? I don't know, but Liam Neeson does because his wife died on Mount Tremblant. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is that real? Yeah. Canada killed Liam Neeson's wife? Oh, my God. Damn, she got Michael schumacher Except she died. Oh, man. As as a stand-up comedian, did I I hit the rule of three there? I'm still working on my joke telling. No, it was good because the first two were super cheesy, so I stopped. I, like, half-listened to the third one, and then when it, like... He like actually hit. I was like, "Oh my god, that's good! Wow, that's good. That's a good. It's uh, a good setup. It's a good setup to do super like cheesy, shitty jokes oh, first, man. and then hit them with like the deadpan, absolute killer line." Liam, I'm so sorry. I'm actually Liam. a big fan. <laughs> please uh, come on the show. <laughs> yeah, Liam, please come on the show. Well, if Tim apologized to you. <laughs> If you come on the show, I will give you so much money to beat him with like a wooden stick painted as a lightsaber. And if you don't come on the show, you can just come on air. And yeah, that, that, also, yeah, I'd, like, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. His next movie is just a snuff film for me making that joke in his long line of vengeance films. Uh, Liam Neeson looks as weathered as a fine leather bag and as tall and lanky as the finest scarecrow in the land. Um,. What Liam Neeson may lack in natural charisma or personality, he makes up with allegedly one of the largest penises in all of Hollywood. I've heard of this. Yeah, uh, this was brought to my attention by a podcast called Hollywood Babylon, hosted by Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith. It was brought to my attention from Google Images. Oh. (laughs) It was brought to my attention (laughs) from personal experience. (laughs) (laughs) He came on me, actually. (laughs) He was standing all the way, like, 20 feet away, and it he, was still in front of my face. He never called me back. Wow. Unbelievable. You haven't Tiff, been able to sit right Tiff, in Tiff, 2007. Is I that put what, myself out there. Is that young what, 20-year-old me. Is that what Liam Neeson's wife tripped on when she died at Montreal? <laughs> he was at the bottom oh, look. of the hill. <laughs> oh, look, there's a log. <laughs> oh, no, she's stuck at the foreskin. <laughs> Oh, oh she's God. suffocated in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> it's packed full of snow. <laughs> Honey, get in my foreskin. The avalanche is coming. <laughs> and then she suffocated. That's what happened. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. They, well, they've been making these jokes for <laughs> years. Uh, a couple wow. of highlights might be something along the lines like Liam Neeson's cock is so big, it's getting its own digital uh, streaming service. Disney Plus. Um, uh, <laughs> Liam Neeson's cock is so big, trying to comprehend its pure size is what puts Stephen Hawking in the chair. Damn. Uh, Crickets. Yeah. Crickets. I, well, I, you know, this, is, this is for my fans. We're all going to develop our personality. Uh, Liam Neeson's cock is so big, he has to squint to see who's blowing him. There's a page of these. I'll just keep working them in whenever the conversation See, gets I, dull. So these these are funny, but I'm waiting for the ones that are related to Liam Neeson. It's like what what makes Liam's Liam Neeson's penis like you know like, it's like an Irish joke or something like that or 
you know, how we made a dead wife joke out of it. I I thought it would be funny if for the whole podcast I kept calling him Scottish <laughs> just as like a slight. <laughs> well, he did play a Scotsman, you know. Yeah. I think right after that, it's like okay, well, not so. Yeah, man, that is my brief introductions. If anybody listening to the show about Liam Neeson has never listened to Liam Neeson, hopefully you have a better idea about who we're about to get into. The man, the myth, the, the legend. Is, the man's gonna get Leslie into us. Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> Well, I hope you guys are all ready. <laughs> Welcome. We've already lost a, a half a dozen of Welcome. our listeners, which means we have one left. First movie. Crawl. Crawl. Uh, so I started watching this. I got about a half hour in. I'm intending to finish it. Uh, actually, uh, for as many times as I've gone back and re-watched all of Family Guy, this is one of the jokes that has always stuck with me since I have... Uh, no, I had no basis for the reference, but, uh, it was, Chris was working at the convenience store and he was talking with, uh, Carl, Carl, Carl uh, John H. Benjamin, right? H. John Benjamin. H. John Benjamin. Cause you have a, you know, <laughs> an abbreviated name at the start. Like one letter. An initial <laughs> at the start of your name. Pardon me. Oh. H. John Benjamin voices Archer. Yeah. As well as Bob, Bob. Bob Burgers. Anyway, continue on. Uh, no, they just like, uh, they're going back and forth on movies, and he's like, oh, you ever seen Krell? You don't need to see Krell. And so it's been stuck in my head. Uh, so I watched the first little bit of it. It's of that era where anybody and everyone was trying to make a space sword and sorcery movie to try to like capitalize Kinda on. Like Willow? Yeah, well... Uh, I guess not as... Yeah, never mind. I pulled that one back. Yeah, it was more along the lines of trying to get into the Star Wars vein. Yeah. Anything that could emulate that kind of success. He-Man. Yeah. Without really understanding what Star Wars was, people were just like, oh, swords in space? It is horrific. Who is the main cast? I couldn't tell you any of them. No? Really? Wow. Yeah. You want to see? You want to see the cast? I want to know. The costumes look pretty cool. The special effects are ridiculous. Ken Marshall. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah. Lizette Anthony. Freddie Jones. Did you say Anthony? Francesca Annis. Alan A-L-U-N Armstrong. (laughs) He looks familiar. David Batley. Bernard Breslau. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. John Welsh. Graham McGrath. Tony Church. It's Bernard Archer. And uh, fucking Liam Neeson does not look like a young Liam Neeson. He, he looks, looks like, like old Liam Neeson. Just with darker hair. Yeah, yeah. Slightly more hair. Oh, good for him. Huh. Yeah. Uh, when you when you asked me to get this for you, I was like, oh. I don't know what this movie is. I looked it up and I was like, fucking Tim. <laughs> like, what is this shit that Tim wants us to get on this? 100%. And, uh, yeah, it does not look very good. Uh, but then I saw that Liam Neeson was in it. I was like, okay, it's prep work. I get it now. I absolutely get it. Yeah. I, I think going forward, that's going to be my role on the show is to go towards movies like this when we go to cover an actor. And I'm going to deep dive on the so bad they're good ones. It, it just makes me think of like one of those crappy sci-fi movies that's just like just 
oh yeah, let's just try to do take a stab at something and have one name that's kind of famous. But this is even like Liam oh, Neeson yeah. when he made it big. Have you ever heard of Zardos? Oh yeah, or Zardoz or whatever you want to say, like Sean Connery. Yeah, like uh, so bad. It's but so, so sexy. <laughs> it's listed as one of like the top ten worst movies of all time. The the lead in Krull, Ken Marshall, was Lieutenant Commander, Lieutenant Commander Michael Eddington, on Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. If mm. it, there are any Trekkies out there, you may know he was on there for three seasons. Looks like not bad. Maybe four. He was on there for nine episodes. Oh my god, he made it. <laughs> not quite a red shirt. Definitely not a red shirt. <clears throat> not not quite, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, moving along in our list, I think uh, there's not much more I can say about Krull. It's, uh, it is one of those movies that are going to be so bad it's good. It's a space medieval movie, like mm. uh, Chalupa suggested. Very much like He Man, they even stole like uh, Castle Grayskull for a little bit of their imagery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow, interesting. Uh, apparently, some, like I was looking at some of the uh, fun facts, some of the armor uh, for the costumes show up later in Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he's on the Hollywood uh, <laughs> lot. Hmm. Fucking Tim. <laughs> <clears throat> I have an obsession with tracking down some of the sci-fi armor from like the costumers because oh, like God. the stuff from uh, Starship Troopers has shown up on Power Rangers episodes. <clears throat> uh, all of the armor for Firefly for the Federalists oh, is uh, Starship yeah. Troopers. It just keeps showing up in movies and stuff. There must just be a lot where they roll it out whenever they might like, as well. Like, what are you gonna um, do with it? Throw in the garbage? I watched so when a couple vacations ago i was in new york city and i saw uh oh hello i don't know if you guys know it's uh john mulaney and nick kroll they play they play these really they wrote a a, like off-broadway play and they play these old upper west side new yorkers gil faison and i don't even remember the other guy's name and they're super like it's hilarious they're just super like coffee breath like one of them's like a writer and they're they talk you through the set when they when it starts they come out as character and they're like we built this set and then they walk you through and they're like we got these steps from the cosby show (laughs) they're like it was super cheap to get i don't know why (laughs) this sounds amazing yeah it's uh, they they recorded a single episode of it for netflix you can catch it on netflix oh nice i'm I'm a big milady fan i find his stand-up just absolutely wonderful yeah he's great He's great. Even through his addiction, he's great. Yeah. I heard about that. I had no idea. So that's how big of a fan I am. Yeah. I only poor, like the highs. I don't like the lows. So yeah, poor, poor little alcoholic. No, now that he's sober, he's going to be shit. You need <laughs> you need people to be fucked up to be good comedians. Yeah. No, absolutely. Maybe okay. he did. Like he ran over a homeless person or something like that. And the scars from that will carry him no, through. No, it's Maybe. okay. He's with Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn ruins men. So he yeah. should make great comedy. True. Very true. Um, maybe what he's doing is getting sober and getting born again, only to relapse and then have more content. Uh-huh. It's like, hey, so I was hanging out with some Christians. Guess what? I've got content. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that's why Louis C.K. actually liked to jerk off in front of women uh, and other comedians is because he wanted to like fall to the lowest he could possibly fall to get that good material. He was coming. He was running dry. 
Some artists cut off coming their of ear age to like really <laughs> show how much integrity they have. Louis C.K. just wanted to jerk off in front of a couple of girls. Yeah, yeah. with permission. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, didn't he have consent? That sounded a lot like I was on Louis C.K.'s side right there. I there are three. Pull that back and just reiterate that was a fucking joke. No, yeah. Tim is on his side. We've had discussions about this off air. Oh my god, Tim is a big Louis fan. And really uh, you do not want to hear here. his opinion on Schindler's List coming oh, up. Like, yeah, we had a less at the ending, which like a I lot of Winnipeggers. <laughs> wow! Wow! Okay, wow. next movie, Crawl. We spent a lot of time on that one. The Mission. The Mission is a movie that's about some Jesuits trying to save a South American tribe. Robert De Niro's in it through uh, Christianity. Yeah, Jeremy Irons, one of uh, one of the most under discussed actors, I think, underappreciated. Yeah, it's been there for sides. been there for all ages. Yeah, he was on Sesame Street, like the old American one. Wow, he was dancing, he was singing. Wow. Uh, don't uh, you got to put down the ducky? And he's dancing and singing along with it. Huh. The New York Giants are there too. It's a good time. Interesting movie, worth worth a watch if you're looking, if you're just bored and looking for uh, some random old movie from like the late '80s, early '90s. In, in, especially a uh, a subject that's not really covered all that much. Like yeah. you don't really see a whole lot of South American like uh, colonial times films in in North America or the Western. World, yeah, and so. it was good to see Robert De Niro in a non mobster role. Absolutely, <laughs> like, I. I watched this when I was about 13 and I was like in this like from 13 to 17 I was in this big like I need to watch Oscar films yeah mm. as much as possible like I don't care how boring it is apparently and this was when I watched I I was really bored <laughs> but yeah, the that score is amazing sure. the music and the scenes like just like the just there's the shots they have and the pans and everything like just incredible absolutely wonderful just like if you just muted it and just walked by every now and then and saw it like oh this is really nice just don't watch the whole story it's It's actually kind of sad when you're watching all the christians like take the native boys in and like oh you're gonna be a choir boy and we're gonna cut off your testicles before you hit puberty and it's like oh that's gonna be that's not fun so there's on the connections for this we've talked about the holiday before this is one of the movies when Jack Black's walking through the Blockbuster store and he's trying to show, mm. like, and go, and he's doing the scores. Mm. This is one of the movies he yep, does. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So you bringing that up is great. There's a lot of <laughs> other connections. There's uh, M. Night Shyamalan using a choir that was in this movie. Uh, tons of tons of random things like that. Every time we talk about something, it's going to be like, <laughs> oh, like The Holiday. <laughs> yeah, guys. If you haven't seen The Holiday. Now that we've got Wes Anderson out of our system, it's now The Holiday. By the way, have you guys heard of Almost Famous? <laughs> Let me tell you about Almost I believe Almost there's some Famous. Canadians in that movie, too. <laughs> I love Canada. Actually. Um, Great movie. So, the, so this the Liam mission, Neeson. it sounds like another uh, religious movie based. Like, uh, he did, yeah. He would do Silence later on. Yeah. Is that it's, it's a history movie. Yeah. Yeah. Period yeah. piece kind of thing? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, like, yeah. Yeah. Like colonial time period piece. Yeah, well, he doesn't do period pieces. It's like literally half of his movies from back in are <laughs> <laughs> all period. The man gets in a rut. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And he 
only way out of that is to open a factory and hire as many Jews as you possibly can. Or go skiing. Actually, really that's not even the next movie. What you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> the next movie's Leap of Faith. Hire Jewish people? Did he hire them? <laughs> <laughs> Leap of Faith. What's up, Steve Martin? How's it going, Steve Martin? Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger. Yeah, that's uh, Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh man. Wow. Tsh. What up? R.I.P. Yeah. Rest in power. Rest in Philip. Rest in Philip. I like it. Uh, I honestly, Leap of Faith, I recall the DVD case. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So I don't know if I've seen it or if I like, (laughs) if I did, it was as a child, but it looks so familiar to me that I needed to at least put it on the list. The amount of movies and tv shows that snl actors pumped out in the 80s oh my god is incredible and then uh you have oscar schindler (laughs) (laughs) yeah what an upbeat movie um the best the best movie he's been in debatable it's gotta be i yeah i think that that definitely very powerful very powerful role and he does a great job doing it like he gets in involved in the in the character big time. Well, I, I think it's also one of those movies where like he does a really good job in the role, and the it's well written in the sense that once again he's not like this bleeding heart. He slowly <laughs> his heart grows like the Grinch. <laughs> great movie. <laughs> the movie. Uh, great TV show. Great uh, made for TV <laughs> movie. CBS. Uh, yeah, Schindler's List is it. Great film. Yeah. The black and white makes it absolutely timeless. Like, this is the first time I've ever seen it. It is when I was doing the prep for this show, as I finally sat down and watched it. And uh, unbelievable how up to date and beautiful that movie <laughs> still looks today with the choice to go black and white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like uh, the, the touches of color here and there. Oh, so really the like for, for the symbolism. Um, apparently, uh, fun little fact: there is no green clothing in this movie at all because apparently, green uh, different shades of green does not look good in black and white. Uh-huh. So the costume design was told not to hand out any green clothing whatsoever. Interesting. Uh, if you haven't seen Schindler's List, uh, you live under a rock, maybe. Yeah. Or uh, you just don't like Holocaust films. Yeah, uh, it's or you live in Winnipeg and it's too relatable, <laughs> or you're a denier. Uh, like this, this is an incredible movie. I remember watching this uh, on my own. Yeah, we also watched it in high school. It's one of those movies where I, I find that there are people that watch it and don't take it seriously, and yeah. like because I, I recall being in my high school class and people were laughing and snickering and giggling at certain scenes, and this is like, are you fucked in the head? Uh, so yeah, but no, uh, uh, one of the movies I've cried in, uh, or cried watching, I should say. Uh, and like you said, it's like not a, just a bleeding heart where he's a hero right off the bat. He really does grow. He's a businessman. He is a womanizer, and then eventually he kind of starts, you know, mm-hmm. being a good guy and <laughs> yeah. realizing humanity. You know, and everything's not just money. And well, even yeah, when he becomes a good guy, he's still faced with the fact that uh, he can't really do anything about it and then finding the courage to do something uh, just so people know uh, Schindler's List if you haven't seen it which I have to assume everyone has 
is a movie about Oscar Schindler and uh, him sneaking out Jews to work in his factory and keeping them protected to the end of the war. It's not even so much sneaking. It's just getting more onto uh, Mm -hmm. his list uh, so they can work for him instead of just being in the labor camps working to death. Exactly. Yeah, Um, because if they are a working person... Uh, maybe not. They, maybe the Nazis didn't consider them as persons, but if they are working, uh, then they are alive. They live. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. The scene where the the one armed machinist is like, and the, he's trying to like justify Shovel. it, and he's like he's shoveling. He's they're they're, they're in the lineup, uh, <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, I'm a philosopher, uh, a professor. And he's like, no, 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 Ben Kingsley. He's like, you idiot, you're a machinist. You're highly trained. You're working. What? <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you to tell the truth when you go through these things and like yeah, just yeah, yeah. quickly saving his life? A whole so many yes yeah the amount of just like it's survival um one thing that i i think i have to note that really left with me from this movie is you see the true talent and ability of someone like liam neeson who is theater trained because in a moment when he is the center of attention and everything he can fade to the background and let mm. Ben Kingsley have a monologue or a scene or some other maybe no-named actress who just needs to cry for a second and do her uh, stuff. He he can completely give the stage away. Mm. And it, it, like, not, you know, you see him going back or anything. It's just so skillful what he oh, can pull off. Well, it's a, great, it's a great mm-hmm. cast as well. Like, you have um, uh, Rafe. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray Fiennes, uh, who does a, a really, really compelling job mm-hmm. in this in this film. Uh, he's he plays a good asshole, <laughs> <laughs> but then you like it, it's going to be funny to say good things about this character. But you almost did, like enjoy the friendship between him uh, him and uh, Oscar as well. Yeah, where you know Oscar's able to like you know really you know uh, get into his inner circle and then be become a friend of his and. He'll defend him, trying mm-hmm. to temper him. Like, yeah, yeah, and then and then you know uh, I forget the name of uh, Ray Fine's character, but he's he's like looking out for him, and he'll defend him and make sure that people aren't covering, uh, sorry, like, aren't going to kill him or yeah. you know take things away from it and everything. So it he, he he is valuable to a point of keeping Schindler, um, you know, ongoing with his. Things. And we had talked about this. This is another Family Guy reference. I had never realized uh, the scene where Stewie is taking pot shots with the sniper at uh, uh, Mort out front of the, the the their house, and he's at the mailbox trying to steal their mail. Is a shot for shot of Ray Fiennes uh, like on the balcony. There's like, another one where Peter's doing it to Lois when he finds out that she's Jewish. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, or part Jewish, I should, I should say. I was watching that, and it was like so weird to be like, "Oh, I saw that on Family Guy first. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything more to add about Schindler's List. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Fantastic. That Arguably one of the best movies of all time. It's one of my favorites. Definitely in my top 15. Yeah. Yeah. I think it breaks my top 1,000. It's okay. <laughs> People ask me my top 10 and I'm like, oh, fuck. There's a few in there. Yeah. Uh, my, my top 10's. It's probably my top 10. My top 10's revolve, a revolving door. Sometimes a revolver? It, sometimes <laughs> it makes it in. Sometimes it doesn't. Am I 
too old to have Boondock Saints in my top ten still, or is I rewatched like I rewatched it. Doesn't hold up the same way when I yeah. as like I used to love Boondock Saints when I was younger, and I rewatched. It, I was like Danielle, you have to watch this movie, and we watched. It, and I was like, this isn't very good. A lot of the acting isn't very good in it. Yeah, a lot of a, the acting, like there's some good acting in it, but not all of it. Willem Dafoe is Willem Dafoe. Yeah, well, <laughs> he he's fantastic in that movie. Like he's yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he's great in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, and you know, the there's still like the shock value of like the cat scene. Oh um, on the table. Fuck your fucking cat. Yeah. <laughs> what color was it, bitch? <laughs> Lucky. Shut <laughs> your fat ass, Lorraine. <laughs> I can't walk to the convenience store to buy a pack of smokes without here running into ten guys that you fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a. <laughs> <laughs> if anything he was a great job in that yeah he, he was great in it but the story itself it's yeah. kind of weak yeah. doesn't hold up that way that well and yeah just didn't do anything for Norman me. Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it you, used to be you, there. Still, you can have anything in your top 10 but it makes me scared to rewatch Lockstock because I haven't seen Lockstock in probably like 6-7 uh, years and Lockstock used to be in my top 10 like top five really for me good. and i'm scared to rewatch it now because i'm like man what if i grew out of lock stock uh next film is michael collins uh i watched this uh, i watched this film uh it's it it's good uh it's hard to follow at times it's really fast paced at times and you don't really get an attachment with a lot of the characters that are die really quickly or it doesn't really focus on so many of them. Like, there's Alan Rickman, who is a wonderful actor and does a great job in this film, but his accent's not very convincing because he has such an iconic voice. Just to stop you before we get too much further, what is this movie about? Pardon me. Michael Collins is a film, uh, kind of like an almost an autobiography, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, a film biography of... Mm-hmm. The man Michael Collins, who was a part of the Easter Uprising in 1916 in uh, Ireland, to try to gain Irish independence from the British Crown. Okay, uh, as they have been trying for many, many years, and uh, he's part of the IRA. Uh, he was a treasurer. Uh, he was also the uh, military chief or something. Anyway, so it, it mostly follows him. He, I would not say he's the most important part of the IRA, IRA in this group at this time, but he is one of the most important for sure. Did you say 1916 or 1960s? 1916, pardon okay. me. Yeah, during World War I. They, oh, were, they were a good thorn in the British side uh, when they needed troops elsewhere. <laughs> well, yeah, and you said that Liam Neeson is from Northern Ireland. He was born in Northern Ireland, yes. Huh. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like other fellow Northern Irishmen like uh, Owen Nolan. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So I I think Pierce Brosnan's from Northern Ireland too. But uh, yeah, anyway. The best Bond. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, again, uh, there's some really good names in here. You got Alan Rickman, uh, very young Alan Rickman. You have Julia Roberts, who I wasn't really. I I, I I think it was kind of an American pull. Like a baboon, you see the lips on there. <laughs> like a baboon's ass is on her face. Not not a good not a good lip to teeth ratio. <laughs> it's a giant giant smile. It must take hours to brush. 
a lot of famous Irish actors are in this. Ian Hart, Aidan Quinn. Aidan Quinn. Brendan Gleeson. Big Brendan Gleeson fan. He's a young and much thinner Brendan Gleeson in this film, too. I think this is even pre-Braveheart. Uh, Wow. So I, I would yeah. I would say watch this. Ooh, even uh, Tywin Lannister, Lannister is in this. Some good action. Uh, usually it's short-lived. It's quickly uh, finished. I don't think there was a big budget behind this movie. But very cool history piece because uh, most of the Irish uh, films about the rebellion or gaining Irish independence yeah. either take place uh, from like the 60s to 90s or... Uh, you know, Easter Uprising 1916, or leading up to it. Not many take place after the Irish um, Rebellion. Uh, the, did you know there was a, a, an Irish army in the Union Army during the Civil War, the United States Civil War, that actually invaded Quebec? <laughs> because they had a belief that they were going to take over some land and just bring over, like, just have a free state in North America for Irish people to live. I had no idea about that. That's cool, crazy. Eh? Random. <laughs> Super random. Anyway, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, decent film. I would give it like a 6 out of 10. Um, yeah. IMDb gives it, I think, a 7.1, 7.2. I'd argue that a little bit. And that's followed Starting up by, by once again, a main role for him in Les Mis. Where he Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean. So, Brian, you haven't seen it. Uh, I've probably seen this version, but like, pff, nothing sticks. Tim, no, I saw it in French class, grade ten. Damn. And actually, if you look through the credits, there is a Voslav Halupa. <laughs> and my French teacher asked me if I was related. I said no. It's it's a good it's a good ad- adaptation of the uh, the play. Uh, really good cast. Really good cast. Uh, I think a lot of people would say this is their second favorite Les Mis movie. Okay. <laughs> with uh, the grand uh, production of the the uh, one Hugh, with pardon me Hugh uh, Jackman Hugh Jackman and yeah. uh, Anne Hathaway. I remember seeing like I think it's the the seventy two version of Les Mis. It's the like... the thing about this version of Les Mis, if you aren't a big fan of musicals, it's not a musical. It has a oh, score that's okay. really good. But it's not a musical where you have song and dance all the time. And yeah, I know it's a play, and I, I know that it's highly rated, but I think I just wait until I see it on stage. I've never really been That's drawn to, to watching it. And, and Hathaway's like performance is jazz. pretty moving, though. If anything. And Hathaway is wonderful. Yeah. If anything, just watch the I Dreamed a Dream on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, Uma Thurman, um, Jeffrey Rush, Liam Neeson. Depressing po- plot. Oh, it's it's super depressing. It's yeah. Les Miserables. It's it, everyone's miserable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good story though. Uh, there's some funny bits in it. Uh, I'll I'll send you some recommendations for sound clips and stuff. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd recommend it. I'd, I'd we give might it play I'd, one of them right. I would say now. this is a better watch than Michael Collins, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Good to know. Very good to know. Uh, yeah, there was multiple Les Mis that came out in the '90s. Oh, One of these wow. looks super French. A little, a little <laughs> different uh, time period, too. That looks a bit more modern. Yeah. With that picture. Uh, speaking of adaptations of plays and remakes and stuff like that, isn't there a Spielberg play that's coming out this year that's oh, got a lot of heat? Oh, God. Yeah. West Side Story. It looks terrible. 
I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not drawn to it. In and any like way. they're trying to do the exact same thing. Like if you're into a West Side Story, change up the story a little bit. You know, have it a different place. Have it uh, have have uh, some diversity in it. You know, instead of like typical white people or you yeah, know, have, I get the white people out of it and put some other people. Like kind of like Romeo and Juliet. I when, thought they had with Leo DiCaprio. Like uh, obviously they're both they're all white and everything, but like very different time period. Yeah. The, I, it's I just don't understand. Come up with original content, please. Like it was good. <laughs> it was really good. Why do it over again? Yeah, and why are we re- remaking movies ben that Hur. people believe are fantastic films already? Why are we <laughs> Why are we taking another shot at classics? This is one of the arguments we were having last night. As far as that, uh, you were saying that streaming services might uh, be the spot for independent content to come out or original content. I have serious concerns that people are only going to keep making sure bets when they're afraid of offending anyone or everyone or trying to take a great script and making it so bland to appeal to the most amount of people to get butts and seats. It's It's cyclical. It's cyclical, right? Like this happened back in like the 60s when we talk about worrying about offending everyone. Like we went through the exact same movement in like the late 60s, early 70s, where it it that whole movement where it was like it was a progressive movement. We're going to move forward as society. We're going to make some leaps and then it's going to swing back the other way a bit where people are like, well, all right, we've gone a bit too far and that'll end up happening overall. Like you talk to most people, most people probably aren't excited for a new West Side Story. So when it flops or when it gets panned, eventually enough of those happen and they'll learn their lesson. Cats is a good lesson right there. Oh my God. My concern though. (laughs) (laughs) My con, like I, the, the, the not offending thing is less of a problem to me than trying to make something so bland to a, Appeal to a wide enough audience to get your Marvel-sized budgets and money, where you can like, there's fucking what ten actors in Hollywood at this point because they're just cycled through everything. Uh, I don't know about that, but it would, I, it would I understand. Be 10, but I know what you mean. Yeah, it, it does. It it does feel like new. We'll call it. I'll call it new IP has not come out yeah. in or a ton of new IP does not come out very frequently anymore. We need the fucking guy from Moneyball to be like, no, we just need to get on base. We give you a million dollar budget, you're gonna make two million dollars, we're gonna get motherfuckers on base. You just need nominations, you don't need wins. You just need nominations. Yeah, it's not about everything having to be an Oscar. It's not about making Why do we have Peter, the Peter O'Toole office. in our movie? Because he gets nominated. Yeah. 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 Um, His screen time averages... Twenty-seven fifty-six. Now we—that's why we, we get Peter O'Toole in our movies. Now we come to the best. I was just gonna say film. where Tim, you're saying like, do the streaming services need to get uh, you know these independent films? Do you think that the streaming services need to go after independent films, or do you think independent films should have their own streaming service? Like a Cannes and uh, TIFF and all those guys just work together and then they have their independent films available. We're saturated with streaming services right now and people are getting (laughs) upset. It's like Cable with Extra Steps. Exactly. Exactly. It it was supposed to defeat all that. The most dangerous thing that I can see right now because I... I just think it's a a weird time to kind of judge where the industry is going as well because COVID's kind of fucked the industry for the past two years now. 
it's dominated by greed over art. And uh, I, I am a capitalist in every sense of like, let's make money, but that doesn't mean you have to put out shitty products. Like yeah, you're you bored. Can, oh, we got to spare uh, 20 million. What do you want to do? Uh, I don't know. And eventually people, you know, there's only so many times where people actually go to see the same shit. Eventually people get Fantastic tired of it and they'll swing back. Again. For music, people are telling me that like, there's two Swedish guys that basically make the top 20 charts. Like, they write all the music. It's boiling down to that simplicity in Hollywood as well. So that is where we need to counteract that by getting either Netflix or Hollywood back into investing into young and up-and-coming writers and actors and directors. Yeah, but like, I think music's a bad example because, yeah, the top 20 charts is saturated with the same bullshit. But the indie music scene is always thrived and i would argue it's never been better than it is right now yeah yeah things like google play and spotify where where they don't make any money or get any like get your name around man it gets your name out there at least i'm gonna tell that to every intern that comes to work for us it's like hey it's experience (laughs) that's your your name out there i've got hey the guy that did our theme song yeah, he he really works off of Spotify. Like he's a producer, so anything that his name is attached to, he gets money off of. And he helped record a Teletubbies album. Oh, he's making oh, bank off good. that yeah. shit, man. Yeah. He's making. Bank. Yeah, Sabrina loves the Teletubbies. <laughs> la 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 la. Just pump that one, like at nighttime. You don't even just mute it. Just play that shit. Um. Yeah, my my cousin is a, a DJ. <laughs> DJ Rob James, you can, uh, but he produces music as well, and he's got like a Spotify hit that has like six, seven million, seven million plays. Doing all right, doesn't mind it. Uh, he doesn't hate Spotify, loves it because it gets his name out there. Yeah, right? look what YouTube did for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. all depends what you can do with it. D- it Rob just- James, if you like EDM <laughs> or similar. Rob James. Anybody well, from anywhere can make it if they get a lucky know. break. I, I guess that is part of my own thing that I'm pushing past personally where I'm starting to... Oh, the door was rattling. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, Just the draft. It's okay. Seeing doors closed, like, uh, all around us, like podcasting, oh, yeah. the Wild West is starting to go away and corporations move in. Like, it's a little, a little less every year for independents to be here. And I just seem to see that across all, where like the internet was supposed to be free. I don't know, but well, it's once really again, scary if it's not free anymore. Pre-pandemic, I'll go pre-pandemic. Like you walk into Kensington Market, and it's crazy every weekend. Regardless, there's still, regardless of how big some of these corporations get, and some of the businesses that they weed out, there's still enough of a want to buy local and want to look at niche things and see independent ideas that that's always going to be there i would say in the last five years to 10 years actually especially the last five years uh more than when we were going through high school people want to go local 
Oh, I'm, a, I'm an go. asshole, by the way. Neither of you guys are from Toronto. Sorry to interrupt, but like you guys, <laughs> you guys are like, what the fuck is Kensington? Market? No, no, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I watched the Canadian Heritage moment. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, Kensington Market's sick, man. I've been there a couple of times. Yeah, it's it's, it's, I've it's never just, been. I just didn't want to look like it with idiots. Yeah, so it, like, it, oh, it, it's oh, basically oh. a couple streets in Toronto. <laughs> like it's a one block basically in Toronto, and it's all independent small great shops, history too uh huge history to it massive and uh the, it, it's walking only every Gee saturday shops, i think clothing, every saturday or every other clothing saturday clothing shops yeah good boygers, cheese shop. great cheese shop. overpriced yeah. burgers you know what i hope you guys are right yeah so i i think there's still a case i think i still see like downtown milton independent store independent store everywhere downtown milton and it thrives right yeah the, but Big business can weed out some shitty businesses at the same time. There's a positive. If your business isn't good enough to survive, you could argue maybe it shouldn't survive. If it's just on price, a little sketchy. If after six last luster movies, they're still making Star Wars films, like what? (laughs) What are you talking about? Too big to fail. What are you talking about? The last Star Wars was great. (laughs) I want to see Star Wars Wes Anderson. You're a wizard. <laughs> You're so wizard, Annie. <laughs> I want to see Wes Anderson's uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> Wes Anderson needs to. Yeah, let's, let, if you're gonna do remakes, just switch the director up. <laughs> That'd be incredible. I want to see Martin Scorsese do Ben Hur, <laughs> just like military mafia style. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Did you love Rock growing up and watching Ben Hur every Easter? <laughs> We didn't think so, so we got Martin Scorsese to make it even fucking longer. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, yes, our next movie—that was our ramble. Our <laughs> next movie, back on track. Yeah, is, I can. Uh, uh, is maybe the best movie in the Star Wars universe, Tim? Midichlorians, empty CGI. Roger, uh, Roger. This is a great uh, tag on to what we were just talking about about independent films and then like bloated uh, uh, movies where George Lucas. Uh, I'm gonna probably play uh, some pretty uh, if dating. <laughs> if you really want to get a deep, a deep, deep, a deep dive on Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. Where can they listen to that episode, Tim? Well, you can go to our Bearded and Board channel and uh, download that there where I do a show called Hey There, Jedi. We're introducing uh, my friend Attic, who's never seen the Star Wars movies, uh, to it. No, he's born in the desert. He doesn't know what fucking day <laughs> Is he Anakin? Was. <laughs> Is he Luke? Yeah, they just whitewashed him for the films. Uh, <laughs> no. He's, he, he, he's doing smoke. He's smoking meats just like uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. This movie is a fucking mess. How they were we grilled up. This. Damn, I was going to call him Watto, and you guys went the other way. <laughs> I tried to bring that up to them. They didn't recognize the uh, the racial undertones of like yeah. the overly Chinese banking confederacy. Yeah. And then, like, Watto, like, hold on. Well, why don't I give you a good deal on your spaceship, huh? Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Your Jedi tricks do not work on me. I don't understand money and shawarma. <laughs> Garlic potatoes, maybe. And I love how, like, when Annie sees him later on in, like, episode three, he's just, like, wearing some kind of trash lid as a hat. <laughs> This movie is a fucking mess. Uh, 
Oh, I'm surprised they so much got... as a kid. Really? Oh man, because this is mm. the one where I was a kid and I got to see it first released. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm a few. I'm You're months younger I'm, than I'm, me. Yeah, I was just gonna say I'm like, yeah, like a year younger than you. But I thought it was so cool because my birthday, uh, August long weekend, Phantom Menace was just came out a couple weeks before, uh, so we got to go out. I got a really crappy knockoff dual lightsaber for my birthday, which is probably twenty bucks at Walmart. Well, so that's the thing. Who, who, when they didn't see Darth Maul as like a kid or as you know someone that's like just getting in high school for me, when they saw Darth Maul, were like, "Oh damn, that is a cool villain! Look at his lightsaber! Oh my god, he's got a double." Sided and like lightsaber. And there were no leaks. It's just all you see at that one final battle scene is the lightsaber. He's holding it funny. You're like, what? That's a long handle. And then all of a sudden, the other one goes, whoa! Yeah. And I was just like, wow, yeah. my balls just dropped <laughs> as yeah. a ten year old. I had the Pepsi cans. Like I, I had the toy Darth Maul. Oh, I'm I do so remember pumped. the Pepsi cans. Oh, oh I, I collected those. Pe- Pepsi I collected cans, yeah. those. I, I have, I'm a Coke guy to heart. Like oh, I love Coca Cola. I, I love had, Coke. I haven't I haven't drank <laughs> pop in a while. That's a good that's a good sound bite. But uh, <laughs> but I I drank a lot of Pepsi at that. The movie is fucking terrible. Oh, watching uh, it now, it's absolute garbage. Oh, it's horrible. But but, but it, as a kid, I loved it. Uh, and so, and the three big guys, Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Darth Maul. That was it for me. They were so cool. The battle scenes were wicked. Liam Neeson and like the guy we're talking about, we're not talking about the movie so much. A little bit we are, but we're talking about the actor Liam Neeson, and he was awesome as Quagon, in my opinion. I thought pod racing was really cool. I was all over it, pod racing. The N64 and game? The N64 game that oh, came out. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. But those are the good things that come out of this this movie. We got the Clone Wars cartoon <laughs> out of it, which if you ever want to get into the lore and have fun with it, the first season or two is a little bit of growing. They have the issues with uh, uh, what Hollywood constantly does is adding in a kid as a tag along, ruin fucking Godzilla. Ruin, oh, you're a wizard, Annie. But... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stay away from reviewing this movie much more. What I will say is go to Red Letter Media on YouTube and watch the Mr. Plinkett reviews. He is dark and weird. It's this whole character. He spawned an entire generation of infographic YouTube reviews. Like, highly, highly influential, but uh, I borrowed heavily from him when I was... Is he independent? He... uh, Very successful? Media... (laughs) I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, he, he's grown from there. He, well, 10 million views for his Phantom Menace Part 1 review. But what I will say from him, uh, if we're just specifically talking about Liam Neeson's role in this, mm. and uh, I have a clip of Robin Williams talking about talking to Liam Neeson after this and yeah. like how upset he was because he's like... I ch- like in, uh, I'm not going to do Robin Williams level impression, but he's talking about uh-huh. Liam. He's on the phone with him. And he's hey like, there, Tim. Huh? <laughs> they uh, they just want me to stand on this green axe and like swing a sword, and it's like I don't think I ever want to act again because this is fucking horrific. <laughs> and this is is like this the, the way that the movies are going? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're playing pretend, but uh, Mr. Plinkett raised the point that it was like he was on fucking Ambien the entire time 
he's depressed wow. he's not invested in anything you know like we are not seeing who we saw in Schindler's List but here maybe we're not that's seeing what we saw in Crawl maybe that's what taps into like the Qui-Gon attitude because all I've read about like because I, I thought he was such a cool Jedi mm-hmm. is that he's kind of like the the loner of the Jedi Council like and he's just like you yeah, whatever man I'm just gonna do what I want to so maybe him being a little bit pissed off or depressed kind of adds to that character I agree that that is a really cool character that they you're seeing in the books or the comic books where you'd be like hey maybe I'm a gray Jedi and I'm gonna be really independent and put in these new values that like maybe kidnapping a bunch of children across the galaxy taking away from their parents indoctrinating them into a fucking cult might not be right and what we saw was uh, I guess you got uh High levels of these bugs in your system called Melchlorians that like maybe like more force powers than Yoda. But wave me the lightsaber. <laughs> Don't forget the. It's it's a bad story. Probably. I feel that we we're, we're kind of time jumping here because I had a fun little quote uh, that I saw because uh, a fun thing about Liam Neeson is yeah. that he is actually I'm not sure what level of a swordsman he is, but in a lot of films that we're covering. He oh, works a sword. Oh, Rob very Roy well was because he well, has a big dick. Rob Roy was way back. Rob Roy <laughs> yeah, was like between so. Schindler's I and Michael so. Collins. I was like, oh, I think we missed Rob Roy. So I haven't a, seen Rob Roy. There's a line it. here. Uh, Liam Neeson apparently was a danger on set because the Jedi have like four basic moves, but he was trained for sword fighting for Rob Roy. So he would wave his plastic sword in new and interesting ways that would not be choreographed, but were traditional, actual ways to fight with a sword. Shadowblade217 uh, then comments, To be fair, that does sound like something Qui-Gon would do. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I'm not saying the film is very good. I, like, when I was a kid, I liked it. When yeah. I was a kid, I liked Pirates of the Caribbean as well. Yeah, Rob Roy, I've never seen. So. You've never seen it, eh? Yeah. I would recommend it. I think it's also one of Liam Neeson's best movies. Another uh, period Scottish, piece. Scottish film, yeah, period piece. Of course, you'd recommend um, it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, hey... Part Scottish as well. Uh, Scottish Resistance against the the British Crown. Uh, Tim Roth, one of his first movies, and he plays a really good villain, very good villain. Um, I was just gonna say Jas- Jessica Chastain. Chastain. Yeah, she does a Jessica oh, Lang. Jessica Lang. Pardon me. Uh, she does a very good job in her role. Uh, Rob Roy. Yeah. So uh, about a, a Scotsman, and I think he's a not really a bounty hunter, but he's kind of close to it. Um, yeah, so he's going around in the Scottish Highlands and, you know, has to kind of dance around uh, British law. And I think this is just after the Battle of Culloden, or just before. And, yeah, there's some, uh, some graphic scenes in it, as goes the time. But, uh, again, Liam Neeson with a sword, fighting. Uh, a lot of action, good, uh, good storyline, uh, great acting. I'd recommend it if you're into um, Tim Roth that kind of an Oscar nom for 18th his performance. century. Oh, did he? Tim Roth. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the Haunting. So The Haunting is one of probably six movies based off the book The Haunting of Hill House. Mm. Uh, the premise is a professor and three students uh, who investigate the paranormal. Oh, it's like Scary Movie 2. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. is this what Scary Movie 2 is par- uh, parroting? Maybe. I don't know. Timeline-wise, this came out in 99, so yeah, probably. 
It's probably very likely. Is that Catherine Zeta-Jones? Yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones was in it. Uh, Owen Wilson was in this. Wow. So, wow. Uh, horrible movie. <laughs> I don't even want to touch on it. Horrible movie. It, it takes a lot for a horror movie to be good to me. That's uh, a shame because it looked like it was good. Yeah. With that, that cast. It takes Not a lot for a horror movie to be good ghosts. to me, but it's like really cheesy. I like, uh, was it Ghosts on Mars? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man! I can't watch horror movies. I uh, I like the cheesy ones. Uh, ghost ship, thirteen ghosts. What's ghost on Mars, or is it like Red Planet? I think it's. I think there's there is a movie called Red Planet. Yeah, but I the, think there's one called of ghost Mars of Mars. Ghost of Mars with. Okay. I think it's Ice Cube. Oh God, that sounds horrible. Ghost of Mars, two thousand and one, Ice Cube. Let's go. We gotta get to the train. Long inhabited by human settlers, the red planet, red planet has become the manifest destiny of an overpopulated Earth. Nearly 640,000 people now live and work all over Mars, mining the planet for its abundant natural resources. But wanting, one of those mining operations has uncovered a deadly mother load, a long dormant Martian civilization whose warriors are systematically taking over the bodies of human intruders. The mother load. Yeah. Wow, $20 million budget for that. It's nuts. That was independent IP. That got that got a great budget with Ice Cube in it. <laughs> Back then, Ice Everything Cube was, was spent. A, uh, all right, On so haunting, doo doo, gun shy. Uh, another doo doo movie. Uh, Liam Neeson's acting job in it was great. He was obviously doing what he was asked to do, and he nailed it. Uh, his comedic role, which I don't think up to this point we've really gotten to see him be funny. Mm. Uh, it was good. Uh, he is, essentially, it's a... Uh, it's a Scorsese film, you told me, and yeah. I had no idea. An undercover agent, mm-hmm. is, he got put onto a platter by a bunch of like mafia guys, him and his partner, they got sold out, and his partner had a gun shoved up his ass and they pulled the trigger. And he was about to have the same thing happen to him when the backup got there. So yeah. he has lost his nerve... And now Would he... you say he's gun shy? <laughs> he said it. He uh, he said it. Uh, he's in a uh, self help group taking therapy. But uh, the problems with this movie is like they give him uh, bowel distress, and then it just happens over and over and over again. You get Sandy B in it, which any movie with Sandra Bullock in it is fucking awesome. But uh. criminal misuse <laughs> of Sandy B. She is so underutilized. You could have replaced her with anybody. Um, and Oliver Platt. <laughs> Porthos the Pirate. Yeah. And, and there is probably about 40 minutes of this movie you could have cut. And mm. it would have been a well-paced, funny, mm. good movie. I remember watching it in my early early teens with my family. And I, I remember us enjoying it. But, again, I can't say for certain that it was good. I couldn't even say how it ends. Okay, and that it was a difficult distinction for me to make because there are enjoyable points to it and mm. well-written jokes, mm-hmm. but it just gets run over so many times yeah. that it loses track of yeah, what yeah, it yeah. should be. Yeah. I do not see Scorsese credited on this film. Do you think he tried to disavow himself? <laughs> I also don't see it on Scorsese's profile because I was like, how have I not the same heard year? of this? Yeah, I've okay. been looking at the... I've been looking around... 2000 just look google scorsese and gunshy nothing came up okay moving on a movie 
in 2017 called Gunshy came up, but he's not affiliated with that either. Maybe they're remaking it. I'm like looking everywhere I can. Editor. Yeah, that's what. That's all right. I tried. I tried Tim. Was he bringing coffee for people? Well, maybe. Yeah, in in the in the 2000s, Scorsese. I wanted to bring something up. I thought it was really amusing. So the budget for the Irishman that Scorsese did. A lot of the budget was spent on trying to de-age De Niro. <laughs> I'm like, how many, how, how many De Niro's? How much money did you have to spend to make him look like not an 80 year old man and like a 25 year old man? Oh god, where he I, just looks like he's still like maybe 65. I could not stand that movie. I could, Irishman. I could get through it. Like, yeah. I, I, well, I did get through it, but at it by the end painful. of it, I was like, this is horrible. It was like, painful. In, in in my opinion, the only saving grace of the film was part of me uh, al pacino playing jimmy hoffa i thought he did mm-hmm. a pretty good job in some some scenes but even then is not excusable to watch what three and a half hours of it yeah no no i have friends that said they loved it they loved it they thought it should have won like all the oscars and i'm just like yeah all right i can't do her that is unbelievable i got that that wrong but i, was I think you were thinking movie. gangs in new york came out around the same time <laughs> I was on the internet and I kept seeing it and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, this is a Scorsese film? This is like another gangster movie. It's god awful. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But we can keep Why moving. Why do you do a romantic comedy? Uh, K-19, The Widowmaker. Good movie. Filmed, from what I remember of it. Filmed partly in Manitoba and Halifax. Manitoba, <laughs> renowned for its submarines. Like Goon. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Bigelow film. Oh, interesting. Yeah, did not know that until this very Related second. Deuce. Male gigolo. <laughs> I thought this movie was okay. Uh, there were parts of it I thought were good, and some parts I just thought were kind of silly. Uh, mm-hmm. Harrison Ford does a pretty good job. Accent, not so good. Liam Neeson, he's got a gruff voice, so he doesn't really... And like It's not like Gary Oldman going, ah, Get off the boats! You know, like... It, like no one's really has a really charismatic uh, Russian accent, so it's all like grumbly and rough and tumble. So, no big deal. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, based on a true story, um, good enough. And seeing Harrison Ford um, opposite of Her- uh, Liam Neeson is, it's cool. Yeah. I would say, yeah, no, it's probably around the same as Michael Collins. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, w- I wouldn't say like it's a must. Well, I would even say Liam Le- Le- is better. Yeah, that's valid. Was there a bunch of sub movies around this time? Is this Red yeah. October era? Yeah, U five seven one. No, Red no, October. Red October is like in the eighties. Okay, so but Red you are Sean Connery's playing a Lithuanian submarine commander. U five seven one. U five seven ones are in around that. Yeah. yeah, there's a few other submarine movies too. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Crimson Tide, Gene Hackman, Viggo Mortensen, James Gandolfini, Denzel Washington. Was that? I thought that was earlier. I it's based on a true story, but the funny thing is, is it's based from a Russian submarine, and in uh, the movie, it's an American submarine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I Simpsons. have not much to add on K nineteen though. It was an okay movie if you're looking just to watch your generic action movie. I think it passes the yeah. time. Yeah, it's a good it's a good run in the background while you like look up during cool scenes, and then you scroll your phone during the rest. It's it's kind of refreshing to see something else besides British and American yeah. in a war movie. Yeah. So get a little uh, bit of communist. Hey, what's up? 
and that brings us to a what I would call one of the one of the best movies of Liam Neeson's career as a movie. Maybe yeah. performance he was good, but as a movie itself, one of the best. He is not the iconic role. Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. So good. Yeah, Tim couldn't stand it. You know, uh... you got honey juice in your mouth. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, the characters are so good. Oh, Daniel Day the, Lewis, so good in it. The, by the, the way, the costume design alone. Yeah, fantastic. Like when they throw the hats up and everything, and just the war scenes. Daniel Day Lewis with the eye, the eagle in the eye. Ten, ten Academy Award nominations, zero wins. It's because you two sang the song. Snubbed, yeah, and YouTube Super sucks. snubbed. <laughs> who, who sucks did, balls. Who were some of like the big losses? All right, let's pull let's pull up the 2002 Academy. I Awards. would say this is one of <laughs> Scorsese's best films. I I agree. I think Gangs in New York is really well shot. It's the performances are very well done. He got snubbed There's a big good time tension with that they build well. throughout, which some people struggle with uh, with said tension. The uh, the tension. Yeah, there's a little bit of tension. Where's the tension? Come Tension's on. so good. Tell me that where Where's the tension, tension is. Come on. You just fell asleep. That's okay. It happens. It starts a bit you know, it's a bit slow at times. It's a long movie. I get it. You get a little you get a little high, you may fall asleep during it. It's fine, Tim. I watched it in the afternoon, I was completely sober. Tim, you nap daily, okay? So you can't tell me that <laughs> I No, I'm good. Thank you. Um. So n- n- no, no, it is not a good movie. It is well shot. I will give you that. the The costume design looks nice. It, so did Di- Titanic, but it doesn't make it a good fucking movie. I mean, Titanic was a good film, though. It was a good film. Was it? Billy yeah. Zane <laughs> held that movie together. Billy Zane is fucking oh. amazing. Attic named his child <laughs> after him. No. Yeah. He Zane. Has- Zane. Oh wow! I was just being a smartass. <laughs> I was like, "Can you name his kid Billy or William?" <laughs> I'm gonna cut it out, but yeah, I, I've just been making that joke consistently, and for years from now, I'm just gonna <laughs> keep cut it out. It. I'm sure Attic will have a good laugh about it, and so was so will his oh, wife. Oh no, I'm leaving. I'm leaving that part in. I'm taking this part out. Oh okay, <laughs> sounds good. Uh, no, okay, okay. So Gangs of New York. I watched it because it was a Liam Neeson movie, and he was cool in it. You get a fight in the. A park, the immigrants versus the Americans, and then the natives, the dead rabbits versus the natives. Come on, man, the pug uglies. They lived underground, and he hired. Okay, so the, uh, the bad guy hires Irishmen, anyways, employs everybody the same, takes care of everybody the same, but he hates the foreigners. So. Like what are we talking about? Like what what is the tension? We're what talking is... about modern day, and like that's that was kind of the thing. It's like hey, it's just it's fucking hundred years later, two hundred years later, and it's the same shit still. Immigrants come in, there's still that fear, and it's like oh, I'm a Native American. Well, no, not really. You know, and yeah, no, it's 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 to me, it's gonna be a gonna be a classic for us right now it's a classic yeah absolute classic acting is great cameron diaz is probably probably her best role 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I truly think, like, don't get me wrong, you probably could cast somebody else, but, like, I think she did a fine job. Yeah, she she did a good job in it. I'll give her that. I'm as probably much as I She's probably being upstaged by John C. Riley anyway. Uh, Brendan Gleeson. Oh, God, Brendan Gleeson. Don't get me started. I'm not going to finish the I'm movie. Rock hard. Where I got in it was. Uh, he had just Monk. been scarred on his face, but he was like, yeah, you're going to go around for the rest of your life being a fucking freak. He still got fucking Leonardo DiCaprio's goddamn face. I think yeah. he's going to be fine. Yeah, okay. So what happens after that? Another round? I saw him hang up some dead rabbits. I was very, very disappointed that Daniel Day-Lewis lost to Adrian Brody in the Academy Awards. <laughs> So Adrian Brody won for The Pianist. He did a good job. In that. That's a great that's movie, a great, too. It's a great movie, great role, yeah. but Bill the Butcher. Yeah. Bill the Butcher. That's a tough one. That's a yeah. tough one, though. Uh, like if, if, it was, if it was Shakespeare in Love beats out Saving Private Ryan for best best picture, that's a that's a good one. for Chicago beat it out. So Chicago won best picture that year. Polanski yeah. won best director. Yeah. He was not there to collect his award. I bet Scorsese <laughs> was just fuming at that time. Nicole Kidman won best actress for the hours. Uh, I didn't watch that, but I yeah. heard it was really good. Yeah, and in all fairness, there was no female nominations from Gangs of New York anyways. <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> uh, Again, saying Cameron Diaz did a fine job, but yeah, you know, if you got Kate Winslet in there or... Talk you know. to her won Best Original Screenplay. Or Nicole I have Kidman, no, I, no idea what that is, but talk to her. Uh, maybe I'd have to watch it and like, look at it to know what it is, because it's, it's up against song. Itu Mama Tambien, My Big Fat Greek Wedding... Gangs of New York and Far From Heaven, which are all solid films. Mm-hmm. I've never heard a talk to her. So oh. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I'm losing my mind. Spirited Away, Miyazaki. Let's go. All right, anyways. Yeah, we we got Gangs of New York snub. Tim hates it. We love it. Tim's wrong. We're right. Go watch. Wrong. <laughs> Just wrong. tell me the ending. Let me guess. Leonardo DiCaprio wins. In a very heart-wrenching moment yeah he uses cameron diaz fucking worn out uterus to like bash him over the head or what she had an abortion (laughs) (laughs) she did i was 12 but it wasn't until i had some so okay needless moving on (laughs) yeah Moving on. <laughs> Love Actually. Tim, since our Christmas episode, have you had a chance to watch Love Actually? Uh, I was going to rewatch it, but then I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Wow. But then you did fall asleep watching Gangs of New Wow. York. Instead, you'll just parrot opinions off some YouTube video with some snowflake and, and don't woke. give us a chance to defend it. Tim is so cerebral. Woke Tim. I see how it goes. Cerebral. Oh, hey, I really analyzed this relationship between these people, and it's actually really toxic and bad. Yeah, that's a real-life portrayal of relationships. There's a lot of shitty relationships. I know friends that are in shitty relationships. (laughs) Does it say that every relationship at the end of the movie is going to be okay? No! It's just romantic and bullshit at the time. Billy Bob Thornton shouldn't have made a move on that girl. It's not very presidential. 
Oh, right now we have a president in the U.S. who maybe sniffs children. <laughs> Definitely does. Definitely sniffs hair, at least. We, they don't really have a good track record of presidents respecting women. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Obama's the best one. I would say he's probably the best one. But, like, Clinton? Low-key, no. George W. Bush? <laughs> w? Yeah. He was too high at the time. He had a lot of problems. Now watch this drive. <laughs> but, like, he never <laughs> stuck a cigar in anybody, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. I uh mm. <laughs> I can't even defend. No, I don't need to, man. We've talked about it. You you tell me why Liam Neeson in this movie rings true to you. What is oh. his acting job in this? What do you see different from I actually film? feel like his story is not explored enough in this movie to No, be he probably has one of the most interesting stories too. Yeah, he is one of the most interesting He's stories. He's a widower. He's a widower and he is a stepdad. He's looking after his stepkid. Yeah. Who the fuck does that? Yeah. Orphanage in love for with you, buddy. That, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go meet. Uh, who is it? Uh, not Cindy Lauper. <laughs> what's the? What's the? Oh, oh um, God. Who's in love? Show wing. Swing. Uh, I can't think of he- uh, Heather Locklear. Heather Locklear. Is it Heather Locklear? I don't know. She'll come up. But Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford. No, I think it's an actress and not a singer. Uh, well, Cindy Crawford was. I think just a model, model. that turned actress. Yeah. Um, so you guys were telling me about this wonderful tale of love. He's a father to his stepson who was in love with a girl he never spoke to, who was about to move back to the States, so he decided he was going to become a drummer to impress this person he knows nothing about. Yeah, what what 10-year-old hasn't done stupid shit to impress a girl? Yeah. Uh, so well, let's me, not put realistic. an age limit on it. That's every story in this yeah. movie. Well, no, that's not true at all. There's uh, there's stories that people are uh, more disappointing their women. There's stories that are more based around what the woman is doing, not the man. There's only a couple of stories where a guy's trying to impress a girl. For the most part, mm-hmm. it's not the case. Colin first not trying to impress a girl. He's just trying to write a novel. It's all he's trying to do. If anything, he's trying to get away. Yeah, fair enough. I Hugh Grant's not trying to impress a girl. He's trying to run. He's trying to run the country. Right into her pants. That's what he's trying to do. No, he transferred her, and then he got her car power. Like, uh, you know, I'm gonna completely change your career trajectory because I have the hots for you. I mean, if it's the same role, just in a different department, like she's just an executive assistant, pretty much. Was her role. I'm sure there's lots of executive assistants within British Parliament. And maybe the role that she gets moved to, she won't have the President of the United States trying to touch her up in her room. Maybe Hugh Grant did a good job. Good for him. Following HR protocols there. <laughs> right? So... Hugh Grant, I think, does a good job there. And then on top of that, he doesn't make a move until he gets a card where she says, the thing is, I really wanted you. It was Claudia Schiffer. Uh, Claudia Schiffer, there we go. Yeah. Love Actually, great movie in general. Fucking amazing Christmas movie. Watch it. Tim, go back and watch it. You have your marching orders. So what was Liam Neeson's role in, like, what did he actually do in his acting that draws you back to this movie? It, it, was that about him or just he happened to be he, in something There are like so it? many different storylines here as, like, and how he spoke about it. His character and his story isn't really deep dive. And even with that, I've been using that word a lot. Uh, it doesn't really go into his life. 
Yeah. It's more so focused on the stepkid. Yeah. yeah. Because even like it's not focused on him meeting somebody new. Another he doesn't need he doesn't meet, meet Claudia Schiffer until like the end. Yeah. And then they kind of hang out later on too. Another so. example of his ability to be a uh, partner, uh, like in a movie, as opposed to the leading man, like he could yeah. step back for the kid. I, I would say this is the time of around the time of uh, Liam Neeson being supporting. Okay. Well, you in, know, like there's so there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of films coming up here where he is only in the film for maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, and what I will say is Liam Neeson in this movie. Does a good job of being. It, it feels like you feel like he is putting his personal feelings aside to try to be there for his stepkid. Yeah, and that's conveyed well. But is it as Chalupa said? It's they, they don't go deep into it at all, and it, I think it's a one of the few things that I think Love actually could have done better. There's some stories that they could have spent more time on. His storyline being one of them. Say La Vie. Uh, Kinsey's the next movie. I have not seen Kinsey. It is on Disney Plus, and I watched it. Um, I didn't really know anything about it, looking into it. All I saw was that it got a good score. So I'm like, I don't feel like watching a bunch of movies that are very similar to Taken. So I will watch something that's very distant from Taken. (laughs) So Kinsey is about an entomologist, uh, Liam Neeson, who eventually starts exploring uh, the nature of sex yeah. and the science of sex and why humans are so different with it and uh, you know just everything around it, why people find certain pleasure in certain ways. And he's very open-minded to the whole thing. And uh, he, from what we see, wow. Because <laughs> they have a microphone close to the bathroom. Oh, Brian. Uh, what we can see uh, is that he's very open and he's, he's he's being very thorough and it seems that the, the research is uh, sound yeah. or he does as much as possible to make the research again haven't looked into the historical accuracies of it it is based on a true story it is a biography right yes yes uh, there, there and he published books uh, two I believe where in the film he does one for men and mm-hmm. their um, habits whether it's just you know masturbation and all that kind of stuff, or uh, if uh, anal sex and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> uh, and, and like the way it's delivered too is very just neutral face, like mm-hmm. like very being very proper, using the proper uh, names for everything, and just straight face saying it. Where if you show this in a school, you know, full of, like yeah, it's gonna be lots of giggling. Or if you watch it with like your parents or your girlfriend or something like that, they'll be giggling as well. But um, and then when they talk about all this kind of stuff, it's, it's like he goes to a gay bar with one of his uh, one of his coworkers and or understudies because he's gay and he's like goes up to each person there. He's like, hi, I'm Professor uh, Kinsey from, uh, you know, like this university. And I have a few questions for you. If you don't mind sitting down, I'm just doing a study. And he's like, that's how he goes to each person. Very proper, very straight. And yeah. everyone's just like. They give their reaction, then some, you know, choose to sit down with him and talk to him about their experiences. Um, and usually it's just asking questions. He's not trying to twist the facts at all either. Oh, so the scientific method, he's trying to apply it like uh, I'm not biasing anyone? Because he, he, he was an entomologist and he's studying um, a certain, I believe it's a, a wasp. Uh, he's going for stats. Uh. He's trying to see percentages and stats and everything. So... 
uh, you know, rural to urban, uh, at what age did a male adolescent start masturbating? You know, for, for curiosity or pleasure. Uh, what would you think about all this kind of stuff? And eventually in the grand scheme of things, he had numbers. You know, what state they were from, their race, their sexual orientation. Um, you know, whether straight, gay, bi, whatever. Uh, what age, religion. Like, the list goes on and on to get a good idea of what's causing these things. If they were raped or if they had experienced some kind of trauma. Like he later on finds out from his father, played by John Lithgow, great actor, mm-hmm. um, that he was suppressed as a child. He would have to actually wear this like suit or mechanism to stop him, and it was very painful. So I can only imagine what that was like. And it kind of sheds light into, you know, men also experience some horrible things to suppress their sexual, sexual, you know, curiosity. Yeah. Not even appetite, just curiosity as a kid. You know, you don't know what the fuck's going on. And if you're a part of a religious, you know, family or whatever, they're going to try to suppress it in the most negative and extreme way possible. You know, and yeah. It it, like it's, you... it's an interesting thing. And I, 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 I kind of, it's, I didn't think it was a very well done film. I think there, there's lots of it where I'm like, I'd just rather watch a documentary, preferably, yeah. or read his material. Uh, and I do find... Uh, the topic very interesting I'd like hearing about I, like one of my favorite things to do if the people are comfortable with it I don't mind talking about sex yeah. all kinds of stuff like I don't mind hearing somebody's opinion on polyamory like having multiple partners I don't mind hearing the topic of uh, monogamy or um, you know your orientation and how that came to be I'm very curious about that stuff not judgmental whatsoever just yeah. very curious as you know especially if there's consent <laughs> preferably that would be better you might get a little bit of judgment if there's no consent then it's like okay that's not good that seems to be the part and right? there's a part Consenting of that and then... where he comes across a few uh, subjects uh, into his study that talk about and they're almost bragging about having sex with underage children and like mm-hmm. a high number and he's just like, oh, you seem like you're, you know, like a wet blanket about it. <laughs> or like, you're real square. That's like in line. And it's just like, well, yeah, like, like I'm all about consent. And it's just like, oh, I, th- I thought you said like you wanted to have fun all the time. And it's like, no, never that. It's, it's about consent. So yeah. his first book that he published was uh, about males. And it got lots of reviews positively, um, you know, lots of promotion about it. And then he did female. And it it sewered his career pretty well that's the way it uh, spins it on that's how it's done in the movie because essentially what he's saying is your mother your daughter your sister your grandmother are all masturbating (laughs) and they're all taking it in some kinky fun way at some point yeah and it's and a lot of people didn't like that at all so So america really pushed back uh released in like not not the movie itself but the kinsey the time frame 60s before i want to say it's a i think it's i want to say it's pre-world war ii jesus that's a bold move around then it's got to be around then because he's a young man and he's in the scouts Mm-hmm. And it looked like it was around World War One, maybe just post. I gotta double check. Uh, Brian's got it here. Um, nineteen forty-eight. So post World War Two was around the the time where he was really making this movement. Yeah. So yeah, pre sixties even. 
Uh, how did you? Where feel it was about, probably more uh, well received at that time. Neeson, how did you feel about Neeson's job acting in this? I movie? thought he did a good job. He suppressed his, uh, you know, his uh, very noticeable accent. Yeah, he was able to suppress it and sound more Americanized. Um, Laura Linney's in it. She did a very good job. She, you know, seems to do a good job being the kind of appearing proper wife yeah. or partner who was actually a student of his at the university. They met there, and interesting fact. They were both virgins when they met when they married. Oh wow! Yeah, and then after that, that they became sexual. You know, <laughs> just you know, like pretty much like rabbits. It's shown in the movie, in a <laughs> sense, not shown, but you know, like it gives that impression. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just from there they go on and on, and then they have an open relationship of talking about yeah. it with their kids like they, he has two daughters and a son the son's the uncomfortable one talking about it and then you have two the two daughters that are like oh yeah it's like oh have you started having sex it's like oh there's some heavy petting <laughs> <laughs> we probably won't have sex until like we're both living in the same community like they're going to school in their separate areas so yeah. i thought that was rather funny to have that open of a conversation which is funny but if you look at it wouldn't you rather have your kids like being open with you and asking questions instead of hiding and shit. No, repress that shit. Talk to your friends. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know anything. No, exactly. So, actually, you get to see a, a young and emerging star, John Krasinski, in this film. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I, I would say I'd recommend watching it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's probably around the same part as uh, Les Mis. Did you... John Lithgow. Yeah, no, he does a very good job being an asshole father. <laughs> <laughs> what is the next and movie on our list? Kingdom of Heaven. Kingdom of uh, Heaven. Oh. You, do you remember Kingdom of Heaven? Yes, I do. I own it. It's actually one of my more favorite medieval films. Yeah, I agree. It's up there for medieval Not films. Not very accurate, but very good. Yeah. <laughs> Edward Norton's in it. Yeah, Edward Norton is in it. Liam Neeson. Michael Sheen. Mm-hmm. David Thewlis. It's a good cast. A good actor, yes. Yeah. Uh, and underrated, un- under-talked, Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Yeah. A really good cast. Yeah. Uh, Ridley Scott, not quite Gladiator levels, but I would say he has touches of it in here. It was yeah. fun. Orlando Bloom definitely could have been recasted. They, yeah. they, they could have got somebody else in here. I think a Christian Bale would have been much better. And then if you wanted to go a little bit quieter, you know, find somebody else. Yeah. You could have put Michael Sheen in there. It, Orlando Bloom's too pretty boy for it, I think. He can play an elf very well. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. speak much. Yeah. Oh. Kingdom of Heaven, Guy Depend, Defends uh, Jerusalem. Yeah. Okay. During the <laughs> Crusades. I was trying to remember the city and I'm like looking, 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 scrolling. Bethlehem. City, city, city. No, that's not the right one. Yeah. So he defends Jerusalem during yeah. the Crusades, basically. One of them. Yeah. One of the Crusades. Yeah. One I don't of think the many Crusades. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson, minor role. Uh, again, sword fighting, you mm-hmm. see. Um, I think most people have probably seen that film. Kingdom of Heaven, you figure? Yeah, yeah, I think Kingdom of Heaven was one of those. If you like those kind of movies, you for sure have seen it. And if you ha- if you have not, and you're into medieval films, it's a good it's a good watch. Yeah, as you said, historically accurate. Eh, but <laughs> mm-hmm. as a as a good watch to just sit down and be like, oh, yeah, they did they did a really good job. Ridley Scott. The- well has paced, good attention to visually uh, interesting. Yeah. Absolutely well paced. Not too much Very politics, well and the politics that you do see is interesting, and it kind of it opens your eyes to what it could have been like at that time. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Kingdom of Heaven, 
watch it if you have not and give us your thoughts on it are we overrating it are we underrating? I just can't. Like whenever I see that fellow they're walking through the deserts in that chain mail and armor, I'm just like, that looks like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> he pours it on his chain mail. It sizzles. Brendan Gleeson. Uh, What's our next movie? Batman Begins. Raz Al Ghul. Raz Al Ghul. Again, sword fighting. <laughs> so much sword fighting with Liam Neeson. Is he tight casted? Wait till he gets a gun. <laughs> I feel like thinking back on this movie, Liam Neeson definitely looks different than he did. His mustache? Most other yeah, the goatee. <laughs> um I don't know. Uh he played a wonderful Raz Al Ghul. I agree. Like, I yeah. Perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Perfectly cast and well written. Mandy Moore too. <laughs> uh, do you mean uh, Katie Holmes? Yeah, one of them. They're, they're, the <laughs> they're all the same. They're the same person to me. Yes, Katie Holmes, Maggie Jill- Gyllenhaal, <laughs> Killian Murphy's in it. Killian Murphy did a great job. Low key menacing when he needs to be. Uh, yep. You feel like he's your friend uh, yep. just before he plunges you into the ice. Like he he adapts this whole villain character. Without becoming cartoony, which is hard to do in a superhero hero film, and really redefine like Batman Begins. Obviously, the first Nolan Batman film redefined yeah. superhero movies mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. And like, hey, this is a most most dark origin stories are dark. How can we make this depressing as fuck? It doesn't need <laughs> to be, you know, Joel Schumacher with like the cheesy one-liners or like no. the, the ridiculous costumes or anything like that and no. like kick-ass proved that there's room for that if it's well done yeah but yeah. if we're going to well, tell interesting like... stories like this is the place like that's the kick-ass is a bit it. satire as well where it's, they're kind of yeah. making fun of that shit yeah it, it's just batman begins as a whole is just such a well-cast movie and that series very well cast like michael kane as alfred is michael kane yeah a great casting christian bale best batman by far can we say we can all agree on that one i haven't seen any of the so ben far. affleck ones so far so i'm not far. saying ben affleck is the best bat- batman no but, he, like, but he's most, the biggest <laughs> but the, the, the body type yeah totally yeah. Uh, he's still pretty crushed uh i haven't actually seen a ben affleck batman film so i can't really get an honest opinion much. but i would say yeah christian bale's gotta be the best batman uh, watching him as adults now george clooney no I like George Clooney a lot. He's not a, an action star. Val uh, Kilmer? Was he Batman for a minute? Yeah, he was. Right. Batman Forever. And again, I don't think he played the Bruce Wayne to Batman character really well. That's why I thought that Michael uh, Keaton would be my number Ben two. Affleck was going to be so good. Like, if you were going to uh, go for a pretty boy, uh, like Bruce Playboy, Wayne. Yeah. Uh, hidden, he would play Bruce Wayne really well, I would think. You got a 422. <laughs> ah, that's not true. I don't even, I haven't even seen a hooker yet today. <laughs> God damn Lion face. Damn. Ah, <laughs> uh, Gary Oldman. Scary old man. Yes. Great. Like, you want to talk good casting? Great casting. Tom Wilkinson, like, he didn't really do a good job, but if you have Tom Wilkinson playing a minor, minor, minor role, yeah. you're doing pretty good. Morgan Freeman is Lucius. Uh, who's the scarecrow? Ooh, you also have Rutger Hauer. Uh, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy, yeah. Was Who actually auditioned for Batman, which I don't think he would have been a good Batman. He's, I don't he, think he's so. He's too, too small. 
Yeah. Those cheekbones. They yeah. don't. They don't. He's got to. He's got to fatten up those cheeks I, a little bit. I think he would have been. A, I think he would have been also a good uh, Two Face. Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen the the test shots for the the Batman vampire kid there? Uh, what's his name? Oh uh, yeah, and then uh, Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. Oh, uh, Pattinson. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually interested to see. I, I, I haven't. Fine. I think Pattinson could be a good Batman. I think he's underrated because of Twilight. He's yeah. done a lot of really good. He's things. under scrutiny. He's under a lot of scrutiny. I'm very curious. I think he is borderline a method actor at this point. Like if you watch some of his other films. Lighthouse. I think that brought him back into the, the yeah. centerfold when people saw that. So I, I think it'll be very interesting to see him as Batman. I have I have more hope than a, a lot of other people. I am definitely willing to give him a shot. But where the Nolan movies hit is they're well cast and they're well written. Mm-hmm. And they're shot well. Unless it's, it's the perfect the, combination. Unless it's the third Batman with lots of plot holes. Yeah, I, I agree <laughs> with that. Once they get to the third one, it just seemed like everyone wanted out of the series. Yet, it's the highest rated on IMDb it, out of the three, which is baffling because it's by, the worst of the three. Was it written by the Game of Thrones writers from season eight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, wrap it up. Just wrap it up. The, hey, hey we'll give you more time. No, no, no. We want to finish this story now. <laughs> no, no, no. You can have another season. No, no, no. We're finishing it in eight seasons. Okay, writers. Cool. I'm, I'm glad you guys agree because that movie was just. If you're gonna have Batman, he's a human detective. Like he can't do international, massive city saving in the middle of a fucking stadium class. The that's, world's greatest detective. That's fucking Superman's job. You have Batman on a one-to-one adventure. Unless mm-hmm. he's a part of the Justice League, but then you have fucking Wonder Woman and shit to carry yeah, the fucking plane. plane. Like mm-hmm. that—that's where it makes sense. It just got so big that it's like this is now cartoony. From like we see Liam Neeson grounding the whole thing in a reality of like you're gonna have to kill this farmer if you want to be a trained fucking assassin like I want you to be. We have a plant that's putting toxins into water. Like a legit. Like he's a Bond villain now. It would have been cool to see yeah. Bond all of a sudden pop up. It's like. <laughs> Uh, what's going on here? Where's your money, money punny? <laughs> Neeson as a Bond villain. That is an interesting well, idea. Well, Neeson is actually uh, given the chance to be Bond. And he turned it down because he didn't want to be typecasted. Yeah. And look what he's doing currently in the like, last yeah. 10 years. Exactly. It he's pretty much funny. Bond, but just a different name and a different movie with a different cast every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the Where third, his, you know, Bond, his wife dies. Like, come on. So, you know, we're going to loop all the Batmans together here. We'll Dark probably Knight. do a superhero episode yeah. at some point. Dark, definitely a Batman one. Dark Knight. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. It should have won an Oscar. Yeah. It should have it, it won Best Picture. Yeah. Dark Knight was so well done. And it's it's the type of movie. There are a few movies. And I say No Country for Old Men. I've referenced it before as one of those movies where you watch it in the theater and everyone's just quiet the entire movie because there's just this huge tension built up. And then you get the awkward relief laughs from the Joker from mm-hmm. Heath Ledger as the Joker, where like you you shouldn't be laughing, but like you're so tense. 
And he's like, I'm just like a dog. <laughs> I'm just like a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do if I caught one. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, pulling the trigger and like that was improv that yeah. actually wasn't working. Uh, Brett Favre in a car. Yeah. yeah. All funny. All funny. I'm walking through the hospital in the dress as if that's going to be some kind of disguise. Like, no nurse there is wearing that. It's yeah. like from the 60s. Like, what the? Oh, my God. Just how it starts. The whole heist at the start where everyone kills the other person. And he's like, boss said. Yeah. <laughs> and then and the guy behind him, boss said. Yeah. Why spare the bank drive? Like, the whole time you're left with so many questions, even though you get a complete movie, but you're left like, what the fuck happened and why? It's like, no, because. No, he just likes chaos. He just likes chaos. This guy, <laughs> he's going to squeal. <laughs> it, to me, it's the best Joker. People will argue, will argue that the latest Joker is a better portrayal and I disagree. I think it's absolutely the most recent one. Wasn't Joaquin Phoenix? Oh right. I was like I was stuck on Jared Leto. I'm like, there has to oh, be God. a new one. <laughs> no, he's yeah, no. People it, really it, like that one. I I thought it was shit personally. I watched I enjoyed it. that movie and I can enjoy it from the perspective of like if we're gonna be comic book fans, we can enjoy a bunch of different universes. But the problem with that movie is sometimes you don't need to justify and like they constantly do this with villains is like yeah but like look at his sad backstory it's kind of why he's the way he is what if he's just fucked up it's like yeah. it's like taxi driver yeah yeah no and like that's what i thought about watching the whole thing i'm like it's taxi driver but in the the dc universe now um and we were talking about bottle rocket yesterday uh, time stamping and putting them <laughs> together we we're talking about bottle rocket in the wes anderson uh, episode and I was like, I don't know if I'll need to watch this movie again. Like, I got the concept and I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed the Joker. But do I, am I going to watch it again? Maybe I'll watch the scene where he shoots Robert De Niro in the face, but <laughs> I, I don't need to see that again. I almost no. shut it off. I don't shut it. Like, I have a rule where I'll sit through almost any movie once yeah, I've started yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I've never walked out of a movie before. Uh, and I don't imagine I ever will, but... I was very close because I was like, man, they're just, they're treating the audience like they're stupid. Like, they're spelling everything out. And about halfway through, I figured out, oh, yeah, he's not actually really, like, talking to this girl. She's not giving him any time of day. He's got to be imagining this. And then, like, they reveal it. And it's like, okay, they reveal it. Pretty much everyone has caught on now. And then they're like, hey, I know we revealed it, but let's extra reveal it by showing you the flashback of the scenes and then removing her from the scenes it's like no we all fucking get it <laughs> like why are you why are we stupid <laughs> like why do we have to be treated this way i like the Which, part where it's like hanging out with robert De Niro's character and it's like if i had a son i'd want him to be like you oh thanks and it's <laughs> <just> like <"Bleh." laughs> yeah what if yeah and I don't think that goes against Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal. It's just what he was put into in the editing. Like, if they would have backed that off to seeing him as a failed comedian, working as a clown, and going nuts, I think it would be fully invested. It would be that much better of a movie. But they try to keep layering the shit in. If you want to follow up with he might be Bruce Wayne's brother, which I've never seen that before, give me something interesting. Yeah. And if it's just that his mother is as fucked up as him, fucking play with that. But Yeah, it wasn't much for me. I like cool, he won the Oscar. Nah. Did he win the Oscar? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. 
which you now you look at it like speech ever <laughs> and then you look at it and you're like well oh, fucking jack nicholson has all these oscars why didn't he win a fucking oscar for his joker role <laughs> like come on man and I, I i would say heath ledger is the best joker it would have been great to see him later on um play the joker but that didn't happen this is a question for another day because i don't follow the oscars but like we'll, we'll talk about this another time like do you guys give a lot of weight to the awards i i wouldn't say i give a lot of weight to them and i used to give more weight to them back in the day yeah uh because it is political and like you hear about actual oscar campaigning and how that works mm-hmm. and it, but at the same token it still is you're being recognized by your peers as being the best of the best so there is some credibility to it from that standpoint uh i do think it's shitty that you see things like uh how scorsese and leo were treated for years like what was it seven films casino didn't get nominated for one oscar yeah and i thought that was one of his better ones i thought it was better than goodfellas yeah and you had you had seven movies that didn't win that Scorsese didn't win that were arguably winners mm-hmm. some not even nominated <laughs> and then some people are just given a nomination just for that just because or yeah. they win like Peter O'Toole wins just because like well you've had 14 nominations like Denzel gets snubbed for the hurricane uh, but then he wins for training day and it's like training day is a good movie entertaining mm-hmm. movie his role was good is it Oscar winning no Hurricane, his role in Hurricane the year before. Holy shit. What a performance. What a performance. Spelled a boxer in prison. Mm. Good movie. I I think that I I got so burned by the TV show Electronic Playground. It was a video game review show that I've learned never to trust reviewers. Because it always seems that there's something in it for them. And that's they always have to give positive. But you can trust us. Because no one's paying us. Trust us. us. Until yeah. we get paid. Unless you want to pay us. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No one wants to give us. me tell, some money. Tell, oh. tell us to promote your film. We'll yeah. promote it. <laughs> oh, we will suck your dicks. <laughs> or well, Liam Neeson paid us a lot of money to talk about his dick. He didn't pay us any money to talk about his wife. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> and actually, really funny, in Kinsey, there's a bit where they're asking, uh, the doctor's asking, it's like, so like it's uncomfortable for you two to have sex. And they go, uh, Liam Neeson and Laura Linney are like, yeah, yeah, it's uncomfortable. And it's like, uh, Mr. Kinsey, like, show me on the ruler. How big is your penis when it is uh, erect? And it's like, here? And it's like, mm. And it's like, here? It's like, mm. And then Laura Linney's like, more like here. And he's like, oh, okay, I see. Well, this is very common. We have a way to do deal with it. And they're like, oh, okay, wonderful. <laughs> it's just like, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Laura Linney's like, let's do it. Oh, man. Love you, Laura Lenny. Uh, Before we wrap up the whole Chris Nolan Batman series, the one thing I will say about the third one that I hate the most, I may have, this may be regurgitated, but he, it's the movie starts in Bruce's morning Rachel. Yep. And then, like, five minutes later, he's banging Miranda. (laughs) 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 It's like, oh, man, he moved on real quick. Isn't that how you get past your uh, dead spouses? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's too bad. All right, moving on. The ink isn't even dry on the letter where he writes her to tell her how much he loves her and is going to stop being Batman. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, dude, she's French. She's hot. 
Um, she's way she's way prettier than Maggie Gyllenhaal. <clears throat> Marion Cotillard was a good Taliagul. I think that. Oh yeah. yeah, I think I think she did like, a good job. Miranda, being sister. Okay. Yeah, and honestly, like that's maybe the best part of the movie. A <laughs> fantastic uh, college humor bit uh, when they're doing that scene where Talia stabs him. <laughs> I'm just... stuck it in you. <laughs> <laughs> I can do the alphabet. <laughs> I can find anything. I'm the world's greatest detective. Which one of these tubes do you smell out of? <laughs> okay. And in they, an order that would surprise you. <laughs> and they just. Bane got cheesy in the third one. Like, really cheesy. Especially. Yeah. Like, it get cheesier and cheesier. And, almost, and I was like, man, they might as well have just brought Bane from Batman and Robin at this point. <laughs> it's like this level of cheese. Uh, the third one really... It's an 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb. And yeah, I don't know about that. Batman Begins is an 8.2. And Dark Knight is 6.4. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, Brian's gone full rage. Yeah, uh, it was... I, I yeah. So going back, uh, Dark Knight's nine point So we're good. oh yeah, there we Dark go. We're, we're okay higher. then. We're okay. Yeah, we're good. We're but good. The, the the again the focal part of it, uh, Liam Neeson, being a part of these movies. I think he was all in all three as like a flashback character, eh? Or like a, a vision. He's seeing like Ra's al Ghul when he's in prison and shit like that. At least the first and the third. At least the first and the third. I find his character very convincing. Like you said, not cartoony whatsoever, and it's like, again, yeah, very well. Cast. The only way they could have saved the third movie is if they bring back the Lazarus uh, pool from the comic books that Ra's al Ghul had, and they're like, oh yeah, we put him in the pool, he came back to life, so now you get to have Liam Neeson in it again. I'm like, All right, I'm invested. Perfect. Uh, yeah, that's the Batman series. Pretty strong. Pretty goddamn strong. Pretty strong. Mm-hmm. So then we move on to. Has anyone seen Breakfast on Pluto? I've only heard of it looking on the Michael Collins IMDb. It looks interesting. Look at how beautiful Killian Murphy looks in that photo. I thought that was a very beautiful woman. (laughs) Yeah, look at at how beautiful he is. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Just that intrigues me. (laughs) I've never seen it, but the cover is... Here, let me turn this so Tim can see. He's much prettier than Jared Leto in drag. Look at Killian Murphy in drag with that rainbow above him. Oh, man. I am all for this. Is Liam Neeson his dad or something? I don't know. We're going to find out. Is this a a Christopher (laughs) Nolan movie? We're going to find out. Tom Hardy's in it. Uh, Liam Neeson is Father Liam. So it sounds like he is a priest. That's a big stretch. Yeah. (laughs) Father Liam. I bet he had a hard time answering to that name. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll take a look. We move on to another series after after Batman though. Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. Should have been and could every have been fucking done other so one. much better. It could yeah. have been so he was much better. Aslan. <laughs> he is playing all kinds of god figures here. Yeah. He I, played Zeus. Yeah, Clash of the Titans. Yeah, which we'll be talking about in a bit. Yeah, you know, he's in his god face. Wrap both of those up as one. He plays the same character more or less. True. Well, I guess in in Clash of the Titans, a little bit more vengeful. But uh, Chronicles of Narnia, 
I wouldn't recommend these movies. Uh, I wouldn't either. No, read I the books. You grew Fantastic up with books, them. Watch the cartoon. Watch the TV movies. shows. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like the TV, the BBC made-for-TV uh, special. Very low budget, but in a, in a sense, it's so much better. I think if you want to talk specifically, like quickly about Liam Neeson's role in this as the lion, he's got a good voice. Regrettable, good voice plays off like plays it well enough. I South suppose. Park's parody in Imagination Land, yeah, is so good. <laughs> yeah, watch this just so you can appreciate Imagination Land that much more. <laughs> I, I I really was underwhelmed. I was so excited to see it in theaters i was like oh my god this is gonna be like this is gonna be fucking lord of the rings 2.0 yeah it's gonna be almost the same there's gonna be that wonderful part of darkness along with the light and everything because c.s lewis and tolkien were very good friends and actually tolkien told c.s lewis not to write the books also he's irish (laughs) (laughs) he's he's from belfast i saw his little uh, statue there uh, I, I'm a huge fan of the books. I think Narnia is probably one of the best. Um, I guess you could include it for kids series. Yeah, yeah or I think it's teen, a good fantasy storyline. I think it's one of the best. I would say it's a better read for a younger audience than Tolkien. And then once you get a bit older and you kind of get that and you get into it, then yeah, jump over to Lord of the Rings. But Lord of the Rings, you would recommend that as a good read? Uh, yeah, it's very... Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I back when I used to. Read I it would a lot. not. You know what? I made it through the I had like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The Hobbit's a good read. The Hobbit is a great read. I yeah. I, I was gonna say that. the I was gonna say so I made it through the Lord of the Rings trilogy in books only because I appreciated the movies that much. Mm-hmm. It was painful at times. It to was get hard through to read. those books. The Hobbit. Solid read. I breezed through The Hobbit, no problem. Yeah, Hobbit was good. Yeah. There there are certain books, like the Harry Potter books. I pretty much read every single Harry Potter book in less than 48 hours after it came out. Like, they are just... They are just solid reads through and through in terms of, like, they immerse you in the story. They may not be well-written. transphobe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good, it's a good book. Well, she's Scottish too, you know. Oh, God, fuck that. Roman Polanski <laughs> won Best Director. And he couldn't accept the award. It was uh, a trick to try to get him to come. If anything, I'm saying read Narnia first and then maybe move on to the bigger, thicker novels that are a drier read. Yeah. The bigger, yeah. thicker Oh god. <laughs> Narnia is a good Get introduction. Narnia is a good introduction to fantasy and it's a gateway drug to ending up reading like Neil Gaiman. <laughs> 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 but so we wrap up the Narnia series and we move yeah. to Seraphim it's, Falls. It's doo-doo. <laughs> it's doo-doo. Nothing Seraphim Falls. Have no idea what this is about. Haven't it's seen a it. it's a western, like kind of an ode to older westerns. And the premise is basically Pierce Brosnan is being hunted down by Liam Neeson and specifically like a bunch of men on behalf of Liam Neeson. Uh, okay. So, uh, and they go all through the West. Pierce Brosnan and Liam Neeson have said this is the most fun they've ever had filming a movie. Hmm. They both loved it and they, they both loved Westerns growing up. So being able to film one, uh, entertaining. If you like westerns, it's that much more entertaining. Uh, is it a great film? No. Are the performances great? 
Nah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was but, a kid, we really enjoyed watching westerns for cowboys and Indians. But once again, when I was growing up, it was Catholics and Protestants. So this is like <laughs> post Civil War, and uh, Liam Neeson is the villain. And he plays a good villain. Yeah. Then we start to get into typecasting with Ponyo. No, <laughs> uh, Ponyo came out the same year as Taken, so I figured like we'll we'll touch on we'll touch on Ponyo really quick before we get into the <laughs> Taken phase of Liam Neeson. Uh, Miyazaki film. If you have not seen Ponyo or any Miyazaki, highly recommend him. He's uh, the Wes Anderson no of Japan. <laughs> it's it's animated. It's it's all animated movies. You know, Spirited Away uh, is a I've good example. Heard endless endlessly good things about Spirited Away. Yeah, it, it shows up on every anime yeah. top ten list. Yeah, Miyazaki's a great storyteller. Uh, I don't know if it's every movie I've seen of his. But a lot of movies, like just looking, have made me cry. Uh, Spirited Away made me cry. Princess Mononoke made me cry. Howl's Moving Castle made me cry. <laughs> it's just he's a really good storyteller, and if you even if you don't like anime, it's worth a watch. It's that good. The movies are that good, and Ponyo's no exception. Is it as good as Spirited Away or Howl's Moving Castle? Yeah. No. The movie overall. Highly recommended. Comes comes with the BS really, really, really stamp of approval. Really, really, really. <laughs> uh, so that's my short bit because I don't think either of you have seen Ponyo. No. No, not All yet. Right. So take it. Now we get to the... the Ponyo is not hentai, is it? Oh, it is hentai. Ponyo. <laughs> Star. <laughs> underline, underline, underline. <laughs> so... Taken. I really liked it when I was, uh, you know, when I first watched it. G- great action flick, good story. Uh, the only my, my biggest thing afterwards, I think I put a Facebook status like back when it was like just you know Facebook was the thing, and I was just like, Taken was great. The only thing is, is any dad out there is going to be ripped apart, you know, from their daughters. It's like you wouldn't even pick me up at three in the morning from. This club and Liam Neeson went all the way to France to rescue his daughter. It's like, wow, this guy, very talented. You know, he was able to find his daughter where people would be like, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. But yeah, very cool. Like, I'm surprised if I was them, if, if I was the, the people that did the Taken series, I would have done a prequel. I think that would have been kind of... Where, where you get kind of his CIA career. Yeah, because he, meet, he runs into so many particular people. set of skills. You meet so many people where it's just like, hey, like, how do you meet Famke Janssen? Yeah. You know, like, like, you meet so many people. It's like, oh, yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen you. What's going on? You forgot, hey, you forgot the weight of the, you know, a gun without any ammunition. And, you know, like everybody knows each other, right? All of his buddies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I watched this movie for the first time uh, in the lead up to this, so last oh. week. Oh, um, wow. I, I always felt uncomfortable with the context of the film. Like, it was sexual abuse, like, sex tra- trafficking and stuff like that. And, like, that is a premise for a movie. Like, for whatever reason, I'm like, oh, yeah, some bad guy wants to launch a bunch of nukes. Sure. And, like, the movie is a like, dilf. <laughs> and I just, like, I don't know. I just... For whatever reason, I just skipped it because I didn't want to feel that bad or sad mm. about it. But it was a great film. I loved it. Um, 
the scene where he's torturing the guy with nails in his legs and he's uh, turning on the electricity. Yeah. Um, but uh, what was it? I, I kept wondering, why didn't his buddies that were protecting the, the, that was a part of his crew that were trying to constantly get him back inside the crew fly out with him? Why did he decide that he was going it alone? That didn't make any sense. Like, mm. so, like where's because they had jobs to do. And, and the only other question that I had is when he first goes into the house that has all of the uh, the sex slaves in it, he is threatening them for more money because he's pretending to be a French cop with the Irish accent. Uh, he's a new guy in the force because he's able to speak fluent French and like other languages, so they could believe that he is part of the new force or uh, a, a new member of the, you know, the police service. I just like that scene because I the, he walks in, and he's like, "Yeah, you fucking immigrant." <laughs> like, like how? Sorry, is that? <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. I'm coming in here, and I'm an Irish fucking cop in fucking uh, yeah. French. Every we oui, we oui, motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> I guess my check is now 10%. <laughs> I really liked the first taken. The yeah. second taken was cheese. And then I never watched any. I think there's a third. I didn't mm-hmm. even bother watching it. And there could be a fourth, fifth, and sixth. And I, <laughs> I don't know. It's a crossover yeah, Fast and Furious. <laughs> Tropic Thunder uh, probably did it. Would have done a good rip off of Taken. Uh, would have <laughs> been even better if uh, if Tropic Thunder came out post Taken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I guess like we, we've talked danced around this a lot in the lead up to this is that every other film after this is more or less a oh taken um like what was the box office for taken just so i have an idea oh, let me pull that well, up it was but, pretty good I, if i remember correctly it was very popular social media everyone was talking about it yeah uh, so it did really well typecasting has been thrown out here again i guess we've seen him do a few of that's similar the secret roles. word of the day 226.8 million jesus yeah, they probably a got a lot of money of... back. Like the, the, the budget was probably like I don't know, fucking max. I'm gonna guess, uh, fifty million. Twenty-five million. Wow, I just doubled that. Yeah, twenty-five but, million. Yeah, but they made <laughs> they made ten, ten times as much. Well done. Just get, in the box office, level, yeah, DVD yeah. sales, anything like that. Pirate copies, yeah, yeah. Blu-rays, <laughs> Blu-rays, uh, HD DVD. <laughs> So he's been typecast where he just does a vengeance role, where he goes yep. out to avenge yep. his son, his I've friends, got a gun. his blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 I've got a gun and I've got a car. Not that they're not enjoyable. It's but just, it's just you, you feel like you've much. seen it. Like How else is he going to kill somebody else? Yeah. When is Liam Neeson going to be in the new like Expendables 5, where he's like an old man and he's now... Like taking vengeance for one of his other old men that gets shot, friends. <laughs> I've got it. Okay, here's the movie pitch for you for Expendables Five. Liam Neeson shows up. Oh, God. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. When they were flying out, they accidentally dropped a bomb. It hit a hospital. It killed some kids. Liam Neeson is looking for revenge. Now these guys are the bad guys. Neeson is hunting each and every one of them down and killing them. Oh, and that just kills the Expendables franchise, too. Yes. I like it. <laughs> that, that's I like perfect. it. <laughs> and then Liam Neeson gets hit by a car from Fast and the Furious. <laughs> it's just The Rock. He's restarting <laughs> the Expendables. No, no, Liam Neeson gets hit by a car, but it's the Paul Walker hologram. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> full circle. Full circle. I like it. 
with that, we go to Clash of the Titans. He plays Zeus. Zeus is an angry god and uh, vengeful one. I would say these movies were a lot of fun. Uh, the little mechanical owl lost its luster after the first scene, and uh, there's no real reason to. You gotta have the cute sidekick, like Baby Yoda, or the little fucking um, <laughs> the the rolly ball R two D two. Yeah, I still prefer that to shoehorning kids into a movie for no reason. But yes, the. Yeah. Dumb sidekick. Uh, I, I would say there's no reason to seek out these films. He he does. Uh, there's nothing to it. Can, really. we, loop, can I, we loop Battleship in with the Titans movies while we? I enjoy Greek them? mythology, so I thought some parts were cool, especially like you know uh, characters or beasts that were similar to God of War video game. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you didn't know this, this is a remake. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah there's remake. a like, Tim. I'm. Have you seen the original? You seem like a guy that would love the a, original. A few, yeah. It, that was. I think the, it's the on the Netflix stop, even. Own, stop motion animation. Uh, For some of the beasts. Of the Argonaut, uh, maybe some of the beasts because they were models. Yeah. And like they would be like put down to scale. Um, this would have been before CGI. The first CGI was used in Willow. Oh. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it would have been like stop motion models and stuff like that. It would just been like. <laughs> Fucking horrible! Watch that. So, Clash of the Titans. You have to either really like Greek, mon- mythology. Like Greek mythology or like a monster movie where you see some cool yeah. mythical monsters. Those yeah. are the. That's the only reason to watch it. Battleship. What do you guys think? <laughs> Battleship. You get Rihanna in it. You get a board game turned into an amazing movie. Uh, you get America against Japan in a soccer game. I just don't know why there wasn't a. B four, <laughs> my favorite one. They missed the mark. <laughs> they missed the mark. Yeah, they really did miss the mark. <laughs> this miss. is in the movie, uh, like vein of like. There's a bin of like movies like SWAT, like Sunday oh, afternoon. Veterans too. Off oh. your shooter your mind, a shooter, and you Fuck, just I enjoy that movie. Smoking aces, one yes. of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all those movies are just like movies that are what like. Was it Shoot 'em Up with Clive Owen? Oh yeah. <laughs> but like, oh my god, like, eh. like Battleship has like the whole, like paraplegic veterans. Like, don't get me wrong, you did your service. You guys are amazing. You guys are heroes. Awesome, good job. But like, it was just shoved down your goddamn throat. Not even spoon fed to you. It's just like these guys are awesome and the guy's like walking up the hill like 10 meters <laughs> an hour <laughs> like again like he punches an alien in the head and the alien just like pushes him away and like keeps going and it's just like how did he crack this like the, the, the glass this is like this is comparing predator when he's fighting arnold schwarzenegger and his team and like just kills everybody and Ar- Arnie almost dies and everything but he lives and it goes on and then you get Predator 2 where you got to beat New York cop Danny Glover <laughs> and he's given he's given a good what for to the predator again and it's just like okay like he didn't sure veterans are pregnant. kick ass and like they were in a war but this is like an alien with a fucking body armor suit that's like 8 feet tall and and you crack its glass, and then he just pushes you and keeps going or whatever. It's like you're not gonna win, man. Mm. Like good on you, but like America, like tone it down a little bit, please. <laughs> yeah. 
the A team. Another one. Man. Another one of those. Entertaining. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Mur- uh, you pointed out the actor that played Murdoch, and that was probably the highlight. Yeah, he's cool. I, yeah. I think Shots Liam Neeson's uh, role, you could have replaced him with anybody. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone was kind of casted to be like the right character. I never watched the A-Team as a kid, but you got big-ass you know, black meanie guy. Rampage Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Right on. B.A. Cool. Baracus. Yeah, you know, the slow turn over the thing. <laughs> You know, that's a good guy to pick. And then you got, um, you know, Jessica Murdoch. Jessica Beale for no reason. <laughs> Bradley hey, Cooper. Reason. Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper's face. Yeah, yeah. Bradley okay. Cooper's face made sense. You know, and then yeah. Hannibal, Liam Neeson again. You could probably pick any other. You could have had Harrison yeah. Ford. You could have had any kind of gruff older guy. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It was entertaining enough. Alan Rickman as Hannibal. <laughs> So, uh, oh, face, I need you to come over here, please. <laughs> the next movie on the list, uh, I'm skipping some movies that we just we've already like we don't know, or it's just like, man, he's the, he did a lot around this time. Mm-hmm. Unknown. So, unknown, I bring up because I've never, I, I remember this when it came out. Uh, it came out around like the time that Blockbuster was closing down. Oh, hey. <laughs> so I remember this is a part of my life and I just remember the cover and I had to look it up because the tagline of the cover is take back your life, <laughs> which is <laughs> it's basically like taken but instead of someone taking his daughter someone's taken his identity <laughs> and now he's gotta find them and he's got a particular set of skills to I don't get know. his identity I don't know back. who you are. And I don't know who I am. <laughs> yeah. But I've got a particular set of skills, I think. <laughs> but I, I saw that film. And it's it's got an interesting concept. They missed the mark. Uh, it's in a foreign land. They're in Germany. It's kind of neat. They're doing this whole back thing. And then at the end of the movie, they find a new identity. Because they're, you know, whoever. And they they make a fake ID. And they're both Canadian. <laughs> I think I think Liam Neeson's from Toronto. And then Diane Kruger's from Vancouver. And I'm like, oh, how typical. <laughs> it's like somebody from the West meets somebody from, like, East. Or, like, she's, like, from Montreal. I'm like, oh, yeah, good. Give the woman a German accent. <laughs> the, the, the woman with a German accent. Make her from Montreal. I can't remember where she was from. I want to say it was Vancouver. But either or. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Strong German accent. Yeah, you're from Vancouver or Montreal. I'd be better off if they're like, like, oh, you're from a Hutterite colony or you're from a Dutch colony in Ontario. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah not, not really great. And also, you look at the cover of Unknown. Look at the cover of Taken. Look at the cover of any of his latest like gun movies. Like If you just moved the title to each one of them, you wouldn't know which one was which. Yeah. yeah very true. Liam Neeson with a gun in a very somber looking color. Yeah. Uh, the Grey. So I really like The Grey. I think it's very underrated. It's mm. a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb. I'm disappointed to see that. I think The Grey. Have you seen The Grey? No, but I'm guessing he takes vengeance on a bunch of wolves. wolves. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's, with a bunch of, he's with a bunch of people, uh, and they're playing crashes. And there's a handful of survivors and they're trying to survive in the Alaskan wilderness while they're being hunted by a pack of wolves, basically. That sounds pretty cool. Filmed in yeah. British Columbia. So the trailer looked amazing. It's it's a really morbid film. Mm. And Ooh, I like that. It, it's a it really is about how fleeting life is. And even the mm. dialogue in it and like the little uh, he's not really. It's not really like a full soliloquy, but he has moments where he'll like things are said, 
where it's just like, oh man, that is depressing as fuck. Yeah. But it was a good movie overall. It's well shot. They actually shot it in northern British Columbia, and it was like at, at Not points outside of Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> at points, it was like minus thirty degrees, and they still shot it. You watch wow. the film, and you feel the cold, and yeah. not just because of the weather, but like the, the I don't know the. Uh, what am I looking for? The, not the attitude, but the mood. The mood of the the the, uh, the, the, the team. Yeah, you know, and it's it's. it's I, I love those survival stories where like you're out in the wilderness, you have a group group of people, and like you're like, okay, we gotta get, we gotta do this together, guys. Let's go as a team. And then he's trying to teach them things and train them a little bit on the way. Mm-hmm. And there's some really good connections. Like there's one scene. Uh, I don't want to ruin it for you, but um, the guy's talking about his daughter. You cannot yeah. ruin a movie for me. We don't want to ruin it for And there's everyone. the scene where he's kind of like Fuck seeing him. her before he passes away. And it's like, man, it's like, it's kind of neat to get that connection as the movie goes on. When you watch it, and anybody else who has not seen it and wants to watch it, watch it and then skip through the credits and watch past the credits. It's yeah. one of those movies. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I saw it too. And yeah, it's really good. It's interesting it's really you mentioned good. the cold because like you think of like John Lithgow, uh, Sylvester Sloan, uh, Cliffhanger? Mm. It, that, that movie you never felt cold even though they're on a mountaintop yeah it was always so sunny it's warm and bright, yeah and like sunny everyone and looked like they were sweating yeah. mm. very true so then after the gray which we highly recommend you jump we've jumped forward a few years to <laughs> a million ways to die in the west where Liam Neeson takes comedy down <laughs> uh it's a Seth MacFarlane film, western, that is your classic family guy type of humor, your classic Seth MacFarlane humor. Uh, there's nothing really sophisticated about the humor, uh, but it's not all fart jokes either. There's going to be some references that you really appreciate in it. Uh, so if you like that kind of humor, it's definitely worth a watch. You'll get laughs out of it. If you're If you're not into that type of humor it can best be avoided basically is I, I what find I find that say. they were really lazy with the costume and set design yeah absolutely. like they're just like eh like you look at Seth Seth MacFarlane's like costume and it's like man it looks like he's like at like a party or something like that it's like dress up like a cowboy this is all I had yeah yeah, um, yeah no I agree um, I don't know it's a good watch it's funny it's, Neeson's it's, it, rolling it he plays the villain again and even but even then it was like a little lackluster i wasn't yep. he wasn't like the bad bad guy and like it, there was predictable 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 parts to it uh, i do like the daisy in the ass that's kind of funny <laughs> yeah yeah um after that there's a movie called a walk among the tombstones i don't know if you guys have seen it i you saw it yeah so i i highlighted it because you saw it then because i have been like looking at this i'm like i don't know why i put this up so tim this one's all you okay so a walk among the tombstones is uh about an ex-cop who gets involved with and like he's a private eye but like working independent mm-hmm. and somebody's these two killers are going around kidnapping drug dealers girlfriends and then like uh, demanding money for them. So he gets involved with trying to stop it because the drug dealers are obviously not going to go there. Uh, big serial killer elements to it. He plays a disheveled, drunk cop or like okay. a PI. Uh, I really, really fucking liked it. I was just going to look at the cast to see who plays the bad guys. 
David uh, Harbour does the uh, well, uh, he, he was the guy from Stranger Things, the detective from there. So oh yeah yeah um, oh. Uh, fuck what's his name Hopper Hopper Hopper. So yeah. he's he's one of the bad, bad guys. Yeah, not a lot more to say about that movie without ruining it. Uh, another vengeance film about it. So another Scorsese film is next. Silence. Silence. <laughs> uh, I watched about an hour and a half of this, and then I decided to move on to other movies yeah. because I thought I could finish more in that time because there's still like another two hours left. Um, I wasn't really getting into it. It takes place in uh, Japan. It's all right. Uh, very scenic, you know, crazy scenes. You know, you got the beach, you know, the coastal scenes and shots of Japan. You have some mountains and stuff. Beautiful, beautiful countryside. But I don't know. It just wasn't really pulling me in. It's like everyone's so devout Christian and like kind of like it's missionaries trying to, uh, you know, do their job converting people that were devout Shintoism or Buddhists into Christians. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Let's move on. Let's see the the real struggle and stuff, but it's just going on and on. And like you don't want to skip it and everything. So I might come back to it just to to you know finish the job, <laughs> but uh, to, to, to finish the job. Uh, you see Liam Neeson in the beginning for like a good solid five minutes, not really saying a whole lot. He's well, I guess he's narrating, but then you don't really hear from. You don't even hear narration. It's not like he left a book behind for them, like them to re- read his journal or something. It's just them hanging out and hiding the whole time, and then you know doing mass with them, so they could, so they could, you know, you know, sit down and like do confession and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, to me, it's it was kind of just a a real struggle to begin with. But do you feel like with Scorsese films, like I, his pacing is so slow lately? It has been with the Irishman and this. It's been brutal. Like I'm like, there's a lot of it you could just chop away in my opinion then again i don't have a million billion dollars and a yeah. bunch of oscars in my bed it, like is, it, is that the head. thing that like when you're famous enough or you're re- you can get away re- with a lot of stuff or, or no one's gonna call you on it like yeah and i'm not saying that i'm calling out martin fucking scorsese he obviously knows film way better than i do yeah. but like it just feels like there's that protective layer where like i shouldn't feel this way or I need to finish this movie because mm-hmm. it's a Scorsese film, even though you get like into it and you're like, this kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, am you I don't dumb wanna, for not getting it? And you don't want to turn it off because you know you got Andrew Garfield, who I don't mind, and you have Adam Driver uh, early in his earlier in his career. I think um, Star Wars just came out with him, and so then he started getting a bit more notice, uh, noticed. And I'm like, oh, well, like, there are some actors in here that I wouldn't mind watching and seeing how this goes. And it's Scorsese. And, you know, it's a, it, it got nominated for some Oscars. But it's, yeah, it wasn't really compelling to me. So I, I wanted to move on. Is there any other films we want to get to for the... Uh, I believe there's this? one more. And that would be The Ballad of Bust, uh, Buster Scruggs. Uh, this came up in a, another episode that we did, didn't it? It was the uh, uh, yeah. Coen Brothers? Yes, yes. It's a Coen Brothers film. Yes, sir. Um, he's in one of the shorts. of the. I think it's ongoing shorts combined into one uh, to show you how, uh, well, one different spins on 
westerns throughout the time as well as how depressing the west really was in a less comical way than a million ways to die in the west uh his character is uh the one who's looking after the limbless uh dudley uh not dudley uh, what was his character's name uh, one of, from one of the, the Harry Potter from the Harry Potter films he's one of the, the bad guys that hangs out with Draco Malfoy oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. who does a really good job he does a great job uh, because he's doing kind of a thespian thing uh, and that's a really depressing one uh, but yeah Liam Neeson is his caretaker and kind of a traveling showman so he's carrying around this limbless body and head and doing shows for money so he'll walk around and collect some money, and between that, he's feeding himself, and he's feeding uh, said character, thespian actor. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's quite dark and depressed, and it doesn't say much. And I think it wasn't until, like, the last four minutes of it, I'm like, eh, I think that's Liam Neeson. <laughs> because he doesn't really speak at all in the in the, the whole role, so... Uh, it's a good movie. I'd recommend it. Um, it's... Uh, it's <laughs> be prepared for de- depressing uh, <laughs> shorts. And then kind of uh, morbid at, at times, too. I would say there's only one where the main character doesn't die. And it's actually enjoyable and kind of fun to watch. Uh, you know, that that one, at least. Everything else is eh, might be a little bit uplifting at one point, but usually ends in peril for yeah. the main character or characters. Protagonists. <sighs> so, and with that, uh, it pretty much wraps up Liam Neeson for what we've seen. If you have any recommendations yourself for something that we did not talk about, please let us know. I'd love to come back and check it out. Yeah, absolutely. We could do a Liam Neeson, you know, uh, the, the the vault, <laughs> <laughs> and we go back to it. Uh, what did you think about our opinions on certain Liam Neeson movies? Are uh, did, did we overpraise? Did we uh, did not did we not give enough uh, credit to certain roles? Uh, were we too rude? <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson, I do apologize if you email us. Yeah. Um, where can they find us, Tim? Well, they can find us at Couch Critics Canada. Uh, that's the name of our podcast. If you're listening to this, you probably already figured out that fucking piece. Um, but you can email us at couchcriticscanada at gmail.com. You can find us on our Instagram at couchcriticscanada. You can... Uh, you can also, uh, oh my god, I, I lost my train of thought. You can also find me at Bearded and Bored. That's my main channel. That's where I'll be putting my podcasts. You can hear a lot of our old episodes over there. Are we, we going to be transferring them over? We'll be transferring them over. Okay. Yeah. But there's other good, uh, there's other great content on there too. Great content. Thanks, guys. Fantastic content. I, I like the fact that now that we have like 10 episodes behind us on uh, Bearded and Bored, and I'm probably going to release a few of these there as well, mm-hmm. I'll have like a month of lead time on anything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, That's solid. You guys want to give uh, any kind of going away information? Uh, Twitch.tv slash not just BS. I do not have a streaming schedule, which pisses people off. <laughs> I've had a lot of messages about it. I'm sorry, I have a kid. I wish I could have a streaming schedule. Kid and COVID. One day. We'll hit the lotto. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd like to thank uh, you, Tim, for uh, coming out west here hosting us hosting and uh thank you brian for coming over and being a a really good cook 
And yeah, oh, it, was a, it was a hell of a time, guys. Oh, geez, that's the cheese. That, oh, God. That's the ice cream and they're the gonna, cheese. They're going to have to throw out that chair. <laughs> I was holding that in for forever. I'm so sorry. Poor, oh, poor, shit, poor Obi. you all dirty. Poor Obi. <laughs> and the, now it's just sour cigarettes on top, too. Sour cigarettes. That sounds like a good song from a punk band. Uh, yeah, no, it's been a great weekend so far. I've had a yeah. great time, guys. Yeah, too. I can't wait for the next time. It's been nice to be around human beings again. Yeah. yeah. This has been awesome. Like you guys very much. I like you guys too. Mm. I love you. Bye. Goodbye. Okay.